a journey to discover what it means to be polarized. This is Polarized Podcast. This is a podcast about polarizing movies, the sense of Rotten Tomatoes scores. Critics may like it, audiences may hate it, or vice versa. This is the type of stuff we are on a journey to discover and and all in all of its mystery and mystique. Welcome. I am your host, Brandon Stables. I am joined as always by my forever guest. Mr. James Lindsay. Hello, I'm James. back again. Yes, hello. <laughs> what, what an amazing introduction. I feel like I'm stepping into a storybook as if like it's it's page master and I've, I'm, I'm about to step through the pages of uh, of the Green Knight or, or the commentary thereof. Uh, it's it's I've been play, thinking about a, that intro all day. <laughs> I'm glad you did. And it's it put me in it put me in the place again. I feel like I'm I'm stepping into not only the pages of the Green Knight, the pages of your mind, the pages of uh, of the polarized kingdom and, and its podcast, uh, its its whole uh, lore and canon of of, yes. of who we are. Has we are we are we are uh, stepping into something that we are very excited to share with each other me and you Mm -hmm. and also with with the people to be honest uh and this this sort of fairy tale sort of introduction that you that you place upon this put me in a put me in a very very good sort of uh whimsical sort of place right now thank you thank you for that that was that was wonderful and yes i decided to come back uh yet again and um Serve, yeah. serve the spot as the for as the forever I, guess as as I am. So that, uh, yeah, I thought I thought I would add do. a joke uh, if for our polar bears out there, you know. Um, but yeah, no, you're all you're my co-host. All joking aside, um, I love, yeah, I can, love you, that title. I, I I hold that title proudly because it means <laughs> it, it, it would mean that I, like if I were the guest, that means I'm such a good guest. That like if at one point that like if you're the first time listening to this podcast, you might think that like Brandon's the host and that like I was a guest I'm at one not, point. I'm and not. I'm fine if this is if this becomes the lore as well. <laughs> is that like, oh, it was just Brandon and then James was a guest one time and then he was so good of a guest that they just he just kept him on permanently. <laughs> It was, uh, you know, I, I, at a point I was just yelling out to the giants, asking them where they're going, looking for a path to get to. And then James comes down, turns around and then just acknowledges me. And then the connection is made. And and here we are on this journey. Oh, my God. This this, uh, <laughs> this hero's journey that that we are on together. It's it's a. Uh... It's a true, awesome. I, I don't, it's, yes. it's awesome. If we're not, if it's not giant and uh, Gawain, it could be, I don't know, Fox as well. I, I, th- that companionship oh. was, was something that I liked a lot. It made me so sad when, when he was mean to that Fox, but um, I also did not expect the Fox to have that voice. Uh, we are talking yeah. about, we are talking Scary. about the, the green Knight today. Uh, this, this movie yeah, um, has an 89% score uh, of critics it has a 50% score of audience. Um, just mm-hmm. to, just to put that out there. Um, Brandini, the great Brandini. I hope you're doing well. You ready to, to get into this? Should we get into it? I, oh, any any I, business up front that you would like to any business up front? Um, no, I guess the only business up front is we are week of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is 
one of the best Christmas movies I've seen in a long time. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to talk Batman? about it. Well, 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 you can save that for your final summation. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'll let you know. Um, yeah. So I would just say, uh, ho, 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 happy holidays to everybody out there. Um, yeah. I mean, that's really only business that we have. This is a Christmas movie. Yeah, you you said it. This is a yeah. This movie. is a Christmas movie. Yeah, because you had originally talked to, to me about seeing this, and just like you do, just so um, apart kind from of, the podcast, uh, not like oh, it's a polarizing thing. Yeah. Like I think I just told you, like hey, you should totally. check this out. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert! I yeah, you cool. almost <laughs> you almost buried the lead a little bit of, but yeah, like you reach, out, you know, you mentioned this to me in passing. You were really coy about it, of just oh yeah, this movie's really cool, and then just kind of kept it low key. And I try not to hype things too much when you tell your friends about things. Sometimes you're like, I don't know if you're you're to come back. You're I'm like, the opposite, <laughs> dude. You're that that fucking sucked. I'm never gonna take any of your recommendations ever again <laughs> oh right and then you're even, concerned about whether yeah. even when i remember that when i was like getting into demon slayer i was like i'm i felt like watching an anime one day and i was like oh hey brandon there's like this anime i've been watching that's kind of cool so, you know it's called demon slayer oh, whatever it's kind of cool and then but it still made me so happy and you came back you're like yeah i went and saw the pat or the uh <laughs> yeah. demon slayer movie, in movie. <laughs> yeah. i was like oh my god that's awesome <laughs> that makes me so happy like I don't know. oh my god that was um, that was such a time there was a point so there's a scene in the movie where the, the main demon characters slayer demon slayer movie where oh, the characters walk walking through snow and then in the theater snow came down oh my whoa <laughs> like soap bubbles was- or something it was like confetti, like uh, square wow. pieces of of white confetti. Um, I've never done that then, experience. Also, too, the in Demon Slayer for anybody who doesn't know is like it's uh, like a battle anime. Uh, God, Aaron Moore would know how to describe it better. I know, but we uh, need him. I know. Um, so so much of what the show is and what the movie is is that you just you're presented with the enemy and then it's about fighting your way to the enemy and then fighting the enemy and then through all of those steps you like learn kind of what the greater organization's about and so on and like all the other plot points um but a part of like a fundamental part of the fighting styles of the characters in the movie are based on elements, like honestly, a lot of animes. And so, but every time that there was a water move in it, <laughs> the chair in front of me would spray mist. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, water level three. <laughs> just get <getting> blessed <laughs> in the face. And, and then, <laughs> <laughs> which that was wow something else and then they have like splash zone written on all the chairs just like every single one splash zone splash zone it it, it kind of warned you a little bit but you could also turn that off so oh um, really yeah. you, could, you could customize your experience how much could you customize just that or really just that okay um i'm just i'm trying to think if there's anything else with the seat that you could customize because it's very much like a honey i shrunk the audience at disneyland love it love that you know where it's all chair generating things Mm -hmm. um god there was one scene uh, where a person gets attacked and stabbed from the back and it's a crucial scene and then there's this 
thing that punched through the chair. Oh, yeah. Was, you told me about that one time. Oh, my God. I'm like, holy shit. How big of a thing was it? No, was it no. It, like, it doesn't hurt or anything right, like right. that. It's like, it's really just like if a, you know how in a massage chair, it's not, it's not flush okay. with the pad. It's like, it, right. it comes out. Right. It's like that. It's that level. Like it's, okay. if anything, yeah. It's just like if, if a massage chair just gave one jolt forward and that was it like that's a that's the extent of it it wasn't anything that hurt or pushed me like you know out of my chair it was so strong or anything like that but um god yeah what an experience we were uh when it came to fast nine because i went and saw with do, a bunch no, of you, you did that in 40 oh we were talking about it for sure it was it oh, was on the table all, i was i was looking at that it's one all, like, i think i would thing. I think my my ass right. would be raw at the end of that if it was just like bumping around the whole time for three hours. <laughs> I'm glad that you brought up raw asses because that's exactly how that would that would be my critique about that experience okay. is, is that the chair is moving around so much mm. that your butt does get sore because the movie is yeah. like I think I think that movie was like an hour and a half. It wasn't like a long movie mm. or anything like that. Um, but like it's the chair is almost constantly moving. Um, there's a, a couple scenes of dialogue where it's just sitting still. But like even in certain parts of dialogue, it will like the chair will swoon in and swoop in slowly oh. to kind of like match the camera work a little bit. Interesting so like the chair was rarely completely stationary so then by the you know by the hour into the movie i'm like man my butt is sore right now because i've just been <laughs> shifting around in this chair and some of those fight scenes really like and it's also uh, again for anybody who doesn't know it's like it's a lot of it's based on a train so there's also kind of train movements in the chair <laughs> where oh, it's like man. if the train is like yeah, like, uh, you know, on the tracks, there'll be a little bit of like bumping and kind of like jostling going on. Or if a camera shot is coming into the front of it, you'll like kind of be the train like swoop, like swooping into the center of the camera and that kind of shit. Are, they, are the chairs like making noise as it's happening or is it pretty quiet? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, yeah no, it, a little bit. I would say, yeah. Because <laughs> it's uh, yeah. <laughs> Like five years from now, those 40 years. Like, <laughs> right. These 40 just chairs like are barely spraying out any, just like a straight stream. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's all run down. <laughs> I have to, I should try it. I should try it. Yeah. I'm not sure if well, Fast and Furious 9 is, is the one, um, but I'm trying to think. Segway, if it were to be in the Green Knight, like how would it be? Like it would probably. You do a lot of like, is there fog? Is there like a fog option that like, uh -huh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah, that would be cool. Uh -huh, yeah. There is a fog of like fog in the mossy uh, Irish uh, springs, <laughs> right? Um, or there's just a, there's just a thing that comes back at your neck to represent your head getting cut off. <laughs> 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 There's like some fire that shoots out the back of the chair <laughs> right at the beginning when his head like just, just on fire. everyone's chair just like goes aflame. <laughs> I mean, that'd be pretty sweet. I'd, I'd be into it. I mean, I would like that a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm all like, I love those kind of shows at uh, amusement parks and, and everything too, like uh, any of the sure. virtual, virtual reality stuff. And 
I recently went to a, did a Disneyland visit and like we were on our way out. We're like, eh, hey, let's just get out of here. Um, and uh, we were walking out and Star Tours had a 10 minute wait. And we're like, nah, screw it. Let's go check out Star Tours. And uh, yeah, I don't know that that virtual reality thing is, is a lot. I know. Cool story. But 10 minute wait for Star Tours. Um, but that was a. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully. It was a lot of fun. I've always had like good memories of, of that one. Uh, and even when it was kind of like a little, yeah, a little more rundown and, and everything. Like when I was younger, there's something that was kind of char- charming about that. So uh, yeah, I I've, but then I'm thinking like for that's cool for what, how long is that? Right. Like 10 minutes or something, max I'm trying to think of like, right. could I handle that for like two and a half hours? But I think I can. Yeah. And that's not it. Yeah, for sure. And they're not that comfy. They're pretty like a lot of plastic and a little stiff, but um, ultimately it's not as much movement as star tours, but still it's enough movement where, yeah, you could, you could kind of, you can extrapolate like, how does my butt feel on star tours? <laughs> how will my butt yes. feel in this? <laughs> That's how I'm trying to calibrate it right now. That's right. I'm trying to yeah, figure it out in, in my brain. I'm like, yeah, I've, been, I've been around a few of those rides. So let's, let's, <laughs> let's see how, how the whole experience would, would be. Um, but that seems like, I don't know. That seems like a, some, a, a logical creative step for a, the movie business to try to stay alive and, and, and try to do something different. Um, but also, yeah, I'm trying to trying to imagine what the perfect one for me to for me to see is if I were to, if I were to see Green Knight in that sort of situation, it could be almost distracting. But I'm also trying to think sure. like, if I'm eating popcorn and something punches me in the back, I'm going to lose all my popcorn. Oh, my God. It was a, it was kind of a nightmare. Yeah. Drinking during that. Oh, no, way, Jose, like Just spray uh, shit in your right i'm glad i didn't have a cocktail and i was just doing a soda with a lid and a straw on it because yeah like that's another thing where you're you're kind of just like that's i mean I will, I will do it. We will, we will find a polarizing movie that we can go see in 4d and that will be part of the review because <laughs> that seems like a polarizing feature of a movie theater in general. So we will not only, is, yeah. we will not only do movies, we'll start doing yeah polarizing features of, uh, of just the movie going experience. Um, but yeah, we, we are, we watched the green night for this week. The uh, the, the class, the soon to be classic, uh, Christmas, movie that everyone's going to be making a tradition out of watching every Christmas, uh, every Christmas Eve and, and they're going to love yeah, it. Yeah. Um, directed by David Lowry. So yes. let's, let's talk about him. Yeah. Or, yeah I mean, even if, like a 24 as well. Like, sure. Where do you want to start? But, uh, do you, yeah. are you familiar with, uh, David, David Lowry? Before no, not familiar at all with his work. Um, it's not like he's done a ton of stuff, but yeah, I didn't see Pete's dragon, which would probably be the biggest movie that like, I know Pete's dragon existed. So like, cause of, you know, marketing and whatever. So that would have been really the only movie I probably would have seen. Um, just given like, Unfortunately, we don't have enough friends who's to talk about all, all the new A24 movies and directors <laughs> and things like that. We need any of you polar bears out there, you know, hit us up. We need some of these uh, asshole art movie house friends so that they can tell us, like, hey, you know, this guy, David Lowry, man, he so, makes yeah, some really look out for him. Yeah. Yeah, because he's very much in the like Robert Eggers um, 
vibe of not a whole bunch of movies, but man, holy hell in a handbasket. Like it's this movie's great. Like it looks great. It's in my mind does a lot of what it, yeah, what it set out to do. And I'm I'm curious, like how much like a 24 maybe has to do with that. But I do agree that he, if he hasn't done an a 24 movie before the only other, the one that I like was interested in from him that I didn't know was him was a ghost story, which is one of those movies that, uh, yeah, you're just not sure if you want to put yourself in the place to watch it. Cause it just looks really sad, but it looks like very creatively yeah. done where a, it looks like a woman's husband had has, is deceased and he's, yeah. a, he's mm-hmm. a ghost and he's just pretty much represented by a stereotypical sheet over his body. And he's got two holes cut out and he just, just from the trailer, I gathered that. And, but I can gather yeah. also from, from, from that and my little bit of research about him as well. It's yeah. He does have like a, um a a look to his work and that cuts through uh stuff that he's worked on in the past and maybe i haven't i haven't seen everything that he's done i'm not sure how much pete's dragon would qualify into those parameters being that it is so it's a disney movie so it's it's so like just uh gloss over with the, the disney sheen um but this is exactly up my alley this type of mo- this type of movie um, is is a sci-fi well, a, a fantasy um yeah medieval knights and and shining armor and all that stuff and there's magic and and all that stuff so that's already like that's me like that's my style i'm into that kind of stuff then you put in a24 and then you you have you know i didn't know about this guy before but I, you, you put in this a tour director that's kind of like coming up and everything and a 24 knows how to pick them. It seems like as well of like finding talent. I don't know. It's like they, the, these, totally. these and giving them the reins to, to yes. do what they want and, and, and like a and, final and, cut, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Just let them do it. Uh huh. Totally. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I, I will give credit where credits do top to top T to B on, on this movie, but, I, but also I'm just trying to, also partitioning out to yeah like a24 it seems like really fronts this creative uh ventures from these from these guys um and women that just know uh what they're doing at a very like early part of their career and then they're given the reins to to do something in indie kind of and, and artistic but now it's i don't know man to me it's rapidly becoming mainstream in in my mind because it's just in terms of, you know, oh, it's an A24 movie. Like, I like perk up like, oh, I got to I got to check that out. And I just saw the yeah. the new Robert Eggers trailer. I sent you the trailer oh, yeah, the, yeah, this yeah. morning, yesterday morning. And and uh, what, I forget what what is it called? The Viking movie and the Norseman, the Norseman. Yeah. And it and uh, which also has Ralph uh, Einson in it. Oh, that. Yeah. I, I see uh, A24 pop at the beginning of that. I'm like. Mm, okay, you know, okay. I, I knew was, this uh, is gonna be good yeah Eggers, but i just i have to we have to give credit to to them so much because i get so excited whenever i know that i'm watching one of an a24 movie and so much so that we've even talked about just making this an a24 podcast <laughs> just doing a, sep- <laughs> se- doing a separate, separate podcast, podcast. <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> I, I i pitched out yeah what, what was it it was like a24 aholics or something to that effect of yeah oh, just yeah. like um yeah wanting to watch every a24 movie because then when we had that conversation we were looking and going through and texting back but what movies have been in a24 movie and so many of them fucking rock. Absolutely, like, oh um, man. man, 
it's it's really through this podcast i i don't know about you but like i've taken notice to e24 as a production company because yeah typically i just a24s would just movies would come to me because that's typically what i'm into i'm not into marvel movies i've kind of talked shit maybe on this podcast already about it but like all of that kind of part of movies and hollywood i'm not really into but if you give me like something especially that's really art centric uh, just like this movie um of the like so many of the shots i'm like i want this as a painting i want this as i I, want to just i want this as a book i want i want to see these visuals just on a on a regular basis because they just evoke so much like um greatness and what and mystery and mysticism and all of these things that the movie's trying to uh, convey which i think does pretty well beautifully structured like absolutely impeccably like beautiful cinematography to the point where it look it yeah it looks like a painting and i was i was uh I bought I bought it on iTunes and I was watching I didn't finish it but I was watching the behind the scenes today. Me too. Yeah, yeah nice. me too. Um, so did you yeah, see that? I bought like, it on iTunes. Yay! Um, Where they the, built the inside and then oh man, well the I just, the, the shot um, and it's you know it's honestly he was talking about it for song but it is it is one shot of this scene of uh, them of King Arthur walk around the table um, at his court and everything like mm-hmm. how the, David Lowry was talking about how he uh spent better part of a year just editing that one sh- one scene because he would edit other parts of the movie and then constantly go back to that one scene how important it was but anyways the the kind of big shot of that one that's a, I think it is essentially an establishing shot of that set an amazing set that they built um and he wanted it to be wider the shot yeah. so what he did was he used matte paintings to fill in other parts of the um, periphery or like the, the further stretches of the shot. So he painted little people out there and he, and he, and he filled it with, with matte paintings because he loved how movies like Excalibur and um, other, yeah, other, you know, kind of movies, maybe I'm not as familiar with of, you know, Knights and Shining Armor sort of uh, sword. Like, you know, I, I like Gladiator and like Spartacus, that kind of stuff and, and all that stuff. But anyways, he, um, he was hearkening to that and he was shooting it in the, in the same uh, place as those movies as well. So you can tell his inspiration was just like sky high and you could tell that he was, I don't know, just so sincerely excited to be working on it. It's just being, spending some time with him and that behind the scenes, um, yeah. very well-spoken uh, guy and, and just seems Probably like just like us very too, so. respectful to yeah, everyone around yeah. around him you know and you obviously he's you're gonna be on your best behavior behind the scenes but still it just, <laughs> yeah. it just looks you look so you just everything looks so so natural everyone seemed it, like the costume the we watched the costume design thing as well i'm jumping all around but the all these extras were so, so fun oh, and it was if so I can, fun if i can jump to the costuming as as well um which is absolutely, amazing absolutely amazing and <laughs> Um, you watch that little, it was like a 10 minute thing as well, which is an extra on the costuming. And, um, she said that David Lowry is a vegan, his whole family is vegan. So she, her challenge to herself that she made was, well, everyone in, you know, these times typically are wearing animal pelts and furs and coats and everything. Um, but what she did was she tried to make it as vegan as, as possible, um, with all the costumes. So she used things like there's this, there's this uh, material she used. She talked about a lot 
that was made out of tree bark that had this like amazing texture to it that was like yeah it just looked like it was to to a to a to the camera it just adds so much texture and grittiness and looks like it's been lived in and um it's it's a part of the world and it just looks different than everything else so it adds to that kind of fantastical element like the the people at the end that he just he marries they almost look like they're out of star wars or something it's like it's so it's so amazing but yeah what what were you gonna say the contrast that you're talking about in those materials is also the contrast that is happening throughout this movie is is that you have the earth and you have that like as the as this preeminent uh destroyer of this civilized world and all of these harsher uh like tones um in color and in this in materials and all of that and even down to arthur and his wife himself are just so um sickly because of it just it, it, even them is uh, just the, their health is uh, uh symbolizes what that l- kind of attitude and way of thinking gets you and there's just yeah there's so fucking much of that in this movie that i absolutely adore where you are seeing these elements portrayed in not a straightforward way but often subtly that are conveying like the thesis of the movie and saying oh this is actually how i feel about uh arthurian legends arthur himself uh christianity like all of those things are really some are not as subtle as other obviously the green knight is a tree man who just comes in and kills people so i i don't want to like <laughs> you know kind of kind of get that's, a, that, you know oh yeah, it's so nuanced like there is a straightforward element of this that a you know a representation of nature is coming in to arthur's core who is like the civilized world and saying here is Here's what I'm going to do, regardless of whatever you're going to do. So this is how you need to accept like this game that they talk about. He's a force of nature. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like how it, and I love too so much of what the punishment is and what ends up kind of coming up in the movie in multiple ways is that however much energy you give out is like, you're going to have to deal with it later you know, is all uh, the issues that uh, people are having is because they're the ones who propagated it. And now they're saddled up with the repercussions of it. And then like seeing people being weighed down by the repercussions of their actions, essentially. And And living up to what other people's views are rather than their own kind of, I don't know the whole, yeah, the whole theme of honor was obviously like more subtle in certain places than, than others, but that, that just hit me, hit me so, so hard. It's you're, you're living up to what version of honor, the honor of, of a knight of, um, you know, man. What, what your family expects, what you, what you're, yeah, what you, yeah, man, what, whatever, uh, classific- classification you, uh, ascribe to that, you know, you can go into that a lot with Joel Eger- Egerton's character, of course, with his views of masculinity and, and everything. And, um, I could have Alicia Vikander talk to me about honor for like 24 hours a day and I'd be totally cool with it. I mean, she <laughs> delivers the thesis of the movie 
yeah for sure with of her, course with her poem like with her yeah. with her monologue that like that is the thesis of of kind of the movie is 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 what she at least a, a huge portion of uh of that side of it of like the green knights deal man <laughs> it is so unnerving too when she is at the table just kind of sitting like this yeah. and lo- looking at him and just being like and and she does this already previous to that, but the energy of it is, it's like, it's so fucking stupid that you think that you have to do these things. And you know what happens is the world doesn't give a fuck about you. It's just going to eat you up and spit you out alive. And like the fact that you think that importance matters is just so silly and stupid. Like what really matters is, is, whether you love and whether you care and it, that has no bearing on your stature and on the rules of the society. It's like, just try to like bring yourself to that is instead of thinking less about you per other people's perception or how you should fit into this mechanism of the world and society, just understand that ultimately the world, the earth and Gaia or whatever doesn't care about that yeah. and these, these going, things are going to happen with or without you and then with or without you continue on whether you like it or or not yeah oh my god and it's just yeah and you ascribe so much importance to yeah your you know your existence and, and, and everything like that when you know and, and that was something that I, I thought was interesting near the beginning of that behind the scenes was david lowry was talking about was what i was trying to remind myself with that was that all of my movies and everything i've ever done it's just going to vanish one day and, and fade away to the sands of time and everything. And I, tr- and he's in, you could tell that that was thematically infused into the movie as well with, with him saying that and everything too. And it's naturally already, already a part of the story, but to what extent do you ascribe that importance and how far are you willing to go to have that be a part of your identity and, yeah, I mean the the things that he he does in this movie. I I just as far as a character goes, and I should say this now that I haven't read the source material, so, yeah, neither you know, I'm not familiar to with certain maybe changes and everything. But I must say that like I like how much he struggles with honor and struggles with his vision of himself and how he wants to perceive himself, how he is confused with what he actually wants kind of like, yeah. and how Alicia Vikander, the second Alicia Vikander. Um, yeah. There's two. Of them. Yeah. There's, there's two of them, but uh, kind of confronts him in a way about that. And I like how flawed he is. And I, I like how much he struggles and I, and I like how he messes up and um, he's about to go home at a certain point and how the, the end plays out a little bit, a little bit too, and, and how it's portrayed by, the editing and it's just, it's just masterful, man. It, it truly is. And, you know, if, if we even want to talk about Dev Patel, I mean, it's the casting itself is, is inspired, truly inspired casting, but Dev, Pat- yeah. Dev Patel in particular, like absolutely amazing performance and, and him in general, he's, mm-hmm. he's just amazing in everything. Like I, I don't remember a lot about lion, but I just remember loving him every minute of it. Like just being so magnetically drawn to, his eyes, his, how he, how he emotes and, um, amazing hair. <laughs> yeah. He's a good looking I, guy. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I love that bit in the, um, in the behind the scenes where, 
uh, David Lowry's just kind of directing him a little bit. He's like, oh, you just understand that like these mystical, like these giants are going to come over here and you need to act like surprised, but also excited about them. And then him just being like, okay, got it. Okay. Okay. And then he just gets right into it. And then he's just, and then he just breathes it all through him. And oh my god! And he just also is like, and then there's little bits of, of the of the documentary or whatever the behind the scenes of just him also having fun with it. He's also, you know, playing the Green Knight's axe like a guitar and just kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like taking selfies with Joel Egerton on the horse, and he's like, oh, Ryan. There's part where he's like playing with a dog. I don't know. He just he seems like a he seems like a nice guy. Like every the whole set and everyone, just it seemed like, yeah. And the the costume designer was crying uh thinking about the end of it and i mean i'm sure being in that situation working so hard and for it to just end like that is is emotionally a lot to take in but also you can tell that there's a, a poignancy to how much people enjoy themselves and Alicia Vikander gave a little speech i think on her last scene after it was wrapped and um yeah you can sense a lot of a lot of love there and with that i think it really came across in how cleanly made this movie was and I, like just movies that I, I will call this movie like minimalistic. It's, it's kind of just, and I, and I think sure. a lot of a 24 movies can fit that tone and description um, because it, it is kind of slow breathing and, and moving and it doesn't, I don't know. It, it does more unexpected sort of things. And, and the pacing is never rushing to me in a lot of their movies. You know, particularly we, we talked about the witch, um, yeah, which and, is a and, and the, great and parallel the, here. Well, Not only because it has two actors, the same yeah. actors in it, but yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I almost forgot the mom. Yeah, of course. Yeah, she's, yeah, Claire Dickey or what is her name? Like, I, I forget. Yeah, she's, something with a, she's wonderful. It's hard not to think of her in, in her Game of Thrones character. But, the Game of Thrones, yeah. Um, what's, who's, who's the guy? Is it Ralph Innocent? Is that his name? Ralph Innocent, yeah. What? He plays the Green Knight. What? A guy like this guy. I am obsessed with him. Oh I, my god! Oh, he makes. Uh, I just get so jazzed now about him because, and then I, like in viewing the winch and in viewing this, I just you go back and you look at some of these actors' um, filmographies and like, man, if I was an actor, I would love to have his career. He's worked yeah. with wonderful directors. Yeah, he's not like a leading man part or whatever, but he is in a smaller like picture easily able to be at a level of the main cast or what have you he's not just can really only be in uh, just an overall supporting role like he can he can bring in and man just obsessed as hell with that guy his yeah. voice also too i mean what's not to love about legendary, that legendary legendary <laughs> legend voice but to know Absolutely. that, yeah, he's also delivering like, I'm. We're given a lot of like behind the scenes stuff because, yeah, we we watched. I didn't finish it, but we watched it. But yeah, he's he's a great horse rider, is what you find out. <laughs> he knows how to ride the horse, and he's like doing all. Yeah, he's under all that makeup and 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 just delivering this sort of expression through the makeup that I'm not sure how many different expressions you can really really do with it, but not a lot. Um, yeah. I. Much prefer. I mean, of course, if it's well well done and all that, but it being makeup and not being a digital effect, and the digital effects in this movie, there are plenty of them, are, plenty, great, yeah. are, are great as well. Um, yeah. But they did not decide to use a digital effect with uh, the Green Knight, and I, I, man, they just had Ralph 
fucking innocent in makeup standing there like that is just the best move that is the best decision and and to have like such cool makeup and amazing costume that's badass for him is amazing Oh made, my God. The, they made the key area magical the beginning which sets everything off and the end the climactic moment like that much better is that you have a, a dude standing right there to to bounce off of with dev patel um and yeah i mean the and the final scene i, I think is some of the best cinematography is that mm-hmm. seeing him going into the green chapel um wow we're just yeah, I and mean, we're just ranting raving about about every every aspect to this i think yeah. i mean if there's anything else about just like the little pieces that you'd like to say before we kind of delve into maybe like the plot a bit um i was not familiar yeah with the the plot of this movie i think the first time i I watched it i think as it gradually went on i was like i think i can kind of guess where this is going but like i'm so happy to be on this ride of like not really uh being being aware of of what's happening where oh yeah and I was just, I just have to say that it, it almost like, it feels like fan fiction. Oh, and I know, th- yeah. and I know this uh-huh. is like a, like historical piece of folklore and a story that's like, yeah, and we don't even know who wrote it. We might've even lost it at a certain time. Like there was, it says point, anonymous though. I made a note of it. Yeah. It says the story is by anonymous, like yeah. to just kind of give you a little bit of this kind of wink, nod, you know, uh, at, this story is so old, we don't know where it comes from, but it, it, if anything, it just adds to how fundamental the prose of this and the like themes of the story are and how they can be relevant today. Because, I mean, it, the director being a vegan and his philosophy is so embedded in this movie, and it comes off really well because... In a in an, a time where a lot of political and social conversation is around what is the future look like and how are we good like how good of stewards are we for the earth and how we move into the future? I mean, like presenting a villain who's not really a villain. He's a force of nature. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's just he's inevitable. He's, he's inevitable. He's inevitable. Great way to describe it. He's inevitable and. He also like there's also give and take to just like I said earlier of he he even says in his and maybe we should just get to the plot. But uh, yeah, just such an incredible force of nature. And that's also fundamental to if you were to describe this movie to somebody is it is civilization against nature and that kind of stereotype. I, I know that there is, um, and when you, you know, I've taken, uh, college courses and whatnot for writing and there's like man versus machine, man versus man and man versus nature. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a man versus nature fundamental, which is very like representative of somebody who is vegan or who looks at the world in that way where, we can get really lost in the uh, going to brothels, drinking, um, power, like those things will corrupt us or maybe not corrupt us fully. Because I think that Arthur, what I love so much about this movie is, is how like loving and caring Arthur is because yeah. I think it, this movie could have been done in a way where he is very cynical or very mean or bitter, whatever, and that would have fit what 
plot points maybe were, but the fact that he is so loving and caring and wants to just see Garwin just have this story and tale. And I've already been there and I want you to have that. Like all of that stuff was really so infectious to me. And I'm so glad that that's the tone of it because that also tells you like, at the heart of this maybe jaded or cynical perspective of civilization when in relationship to nature, he also represents that. Well, but also people like really love and care about other people. So there is like, even though that they may be putting castles on top of land or um, annihilating essentially like maybe indigenous people who are carrying on a deeper culture of the earth, like there is a love and care and cherish that uh, people have towards each other, even in a civilized world. Yeah, very well put. And I, I think it in my mind, when you, when you mention all that, it's most exemplified in that, in that scene where he is what he's walking around the um, round table and he kind of looks out the window and he's right. saying like, this is what we have built. And I'm paraphrasing, but it's like, I, and you could, he's, he's looking at all of their work they have done, they have done and he is proud of it. And he's proud of everyone that he's with and he's happy. They're all together and everything like that. And you look such at such a Christmas the, vibe. But if you look at the same side of that, the flip side of that same coin, it's like, yeah, look at all the destruction of, of these trees and everything. And it doesn't, it doesn't really bang you over the head with it, but yeah, it'll cut to him writing and, and then just like just all these trees and, and destruction and, and war zone sort of areas um, that he's proud of. And yeah, I know I already mentioned gladiator, but it almost meant reminds me of like Marcus Aurelius and him like talking to Maximus and, you know, right at the end, like they're, this big like kind of final oh, battle before like totally and he's kind of like you should be caesar next i fucking hate myself right <laughs> like and then yeah. and he's kind of like but it's also yeah it's it's essentially the same thing like they've just conquered and and destroyed you know yeah cultures and whatever barbarian horde or whatever it was at the beginning of the movie but um it's uh i'm just like glad got a these kind of movies on the brain, these, these are why I like these kind of movies is that, that's just like used to be some of my favorites is like those sort of sword and sandals sort of stuff. Um, and I was, I mentioned the fan fiction thing earlier. I was just going to say that one point before we move on to the plot of, I say fan fiction because like it, it really does seem like this was, and I'm not sure of the history and, and I probably sound like a fool to some people, but yeah, it just seems like it was, I mean, it obviously was written after like, King Arthur and Excalibur and all these things, stories were already written. They were part of the zeitgeist and, and everybody knew them and, and everybody was aware of King Arthur and, and the stories and, and the sword and the stone and all that stuff. And he took that and he like subverted it and like uh -huh. made it his own and kind of did a fan fiction sort of sequel to it. It seems. And I'm not, again, I'm not sure what the differences, all the differences between the movie and the book. Um, but I, that's just kind of how it came off to me. It was like, I'm going to add this other character into this already well-established world and create this whole new story about what honor is and what the hero's journey is and subvert a lot of these normalized sort of ways of like how a man gets honor is through battle. Well, what if the dude gives him his head voluntarily and doesn't battle him and then he just has to voluntarily lose his head after like, is that so honorable? It like, it's he's like it, the author, whoever the author is just seems like it. That's what was so interesting of, of this movie to me. It was just, it right. really subverts and almost satir satirizes and makes fun of that 
idea of honor of like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, and you know, you, and all these, all these yeah. men are just like living their whole lives, hoping to achieve that level. And everyone's talking about sort of going and how great he is and all that stuff. And Joel Egerton is a good representation of like, okay, you, so you do this one thing and then you're an honorable man, then, then you're good. And I don't know. It's just something kind of dumb and simplistic about it. And then <laughs> you when you, when your character is dumb when and simplistic. I love it. Yeah. And then when you're, you're faced <laughs> with the forces of nature and something that doesn't give a fuck about all these found, like structures of, of mankind and <laughs> oh honor, it doesn't give a fuck about any of that shit and all of it's gonna go away and, and the world is going to keep on turning without us at one, one point or whatever. Oh, I mean, right. Not to get too, you know, uh, no, yeah, yeah. Right existential no, you're right. but uh you know it's i mean that's that's inherent in in the in the writing of this movie um but i just i love the energy with that and it, yeah it really does feel like it's satirizing and subverting the hero's journey as well as king arthur and and his court and what it's kind of built upon all through yeah one character and i and i really like that yeah it doesn't have to resort to like a big battle or something it's just like no it's it's all heady and it's all <laughs> about uh side quests <laughs> uh, yeah. oh you gamers out there <laughs> <laughs> i love all this i love all of the side quests in this movie it's great um, i'm gonna i'm gonna be real quick hold on all right we'll take a break we'll be right back i love the side quests and all the, that's what all this is because it's a side character um you know, because this isn't no one really knows about Garwin. When you're talking about the Arthurian legends, you would talk about somebody else uh, way before Garwin. <laughs> um, I love the I mean, green's my green's my favorite color. And when I saw the title, I'm like, oh, he's the green knight or something. And I was like, oh, no, it's and the green. Oh, I'm an idiot. Because <laughs> I'm uh, like, oh, I was such a green ranger guy of the power ranger oh right? gotcha because i think is i think he and then he i think he like turns into the white ranger at some point i don't know it's uh, mm-hmm, yeah there's a whole history to power rangers as well um that i will not get into brandon i will not get into it don't beg me okay okay, <laughs> okay i won't beg you right now because we gotta get through this wonderful plot it. of a movie um, um yeah it, the, so the starts off yeah it starts off there's like a I don't, it to something about like be ready to be introduced to a world with things like you've never seen before. I don't know. Something, something like that. Oh, there's, I love that text. Oh, there's, there's just a little visually gets me so great little voice. And then it just does a slow zoom on him with the cool, cool, really interesting looking crown, uh, yes. and slow zoom on him. And then, um, narration and then his head goes aflame. It's, it's all seems like text that was lifted straight from, from the source material because it all sounds like, yeah, very like old English and, and, um, ac- accurate to, it's not that way the whole movie I'd say, or like it, at least it comes down to your level a bit and you know, it's easy for, for dummies like me to, to still understand. But, uh, I love, I love still of the, the accuracy and you can tell that it's filled with those, those, uh, I think those source material texts throughout, um, like, or like a little sure. bit here and there, but, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. that happens. And then, um, the stagnant shot of like some farm animals while a building's on fire and uh, like, it just slowly is like, okay, a 24 production, like slowly just like brings you into um, the, the pacing and the, the tone of the movie and also the cinematography as, as well. Um, but he, yeah, he's like 
waking up after a night with Alicia Vikander one. It, 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 just to the stuff that you kind of mentioned right now is, is that it's all technically, it's like potentially part of his dream. So he is already thinking about what it means to be a king, his head's on fire, like all of these mm. um, kind of like imagery, very striking. Oh my God. Yeah. That whole oh, hall, yeah. we, we've touched on about watching the behind the scenes, but that I, I was so glad that we got to walk in that hall because that shit is so fucking sick, especially because um, it is uh, vaulted ceilings. And then there's a shot uh, multiple shots of this, uh, the light coming in from the back. And it is done in a way that the lines of the light coming in are so striking. And so in high contrast between the darkness and um Yeah. We we immediately well, get the into ceiling, the ceiling has a big uh, open circular kind of window so like, kind of yeah, thing. So it's just yeah. like a big light, like a spotlight comes down in the middle uh, of the round table. The round table, the round just, table, Arthur's round table. Yeah, and, and uh, it it took it took them a long time to build the set, and then he was even saying the director David Lowry that uh, they finished it the day before they shot on it. And then they, they shot on it for like seven days and then, and then we're done with it as well. And it just seems so efficient. It just seems like he's just, so Oh my God. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To be able sure. to like structure it in a way where like you're saying like, we already know where all the lights coming out of and how it's going to be shot and everything. So it just, yeah, it seemed like um, they didn't have, and he said he didn't really have time to mess around once it started. So yeah, yeah you kind of, you have to know what you're doing. Doesn't look like that. Yeah. You, have know, you have to know what you, yeah, exactly how everything's, <laughs> gonna go it looks perfect i, mean, I don't know i don't I, have any complaints <laughs> i guess king arthur uh, i forget that actor's name he uh it was his idea to kind of walk around the uh the table uh mm-hmm. as opposed to just sean harris i think is his name yeah and then but then that even worked out because he edited that and there's a lot in this movie as well of this which i just uh just you eat it up as a as a film watcher oh, you God, is, is, yeah. the, is the um parallels that he'll do in the editing so as King Arthur is walking around uh, the court and talking to everybody um, and, and giving his little kind of cheers speech a little bit. Uh, the what's happening, happening and being edited together at the same time is the spell that Gawain's mother is casting to summon the green Knight, which is all yeah. like the most vague part of the movie, I guess. And yeah, I was going to say like to talk negatively being, about it. Yeah. Her being the mother of, uh going was was something that was mentioned that was added into the movie that wasn't in the in the original book was their connection like the the uh i guess she was just a witch or whatever you that summoned it's mentioned in arthurian legend i looked this up because i was so confused about why she was and this is to the movie's fault though so to be critical about the movie is i what is the motivation for going's mother to want the green knight to appear i understand that she's of a different religion than the predominant religion that the uh, authorian like knights court and all of that are but like why was she doing it was she mad with arthur was she mad with her sons like getting absolved into that like none of that is clear no, visually not cool um because yeah to to what you're saying I, is is that it's a cutting between a very um it is showing just like christmas is uh it is a formality in a civilized culture to have this event this is how we spend christmas that's why we're doing it 
um, like all of them are getting around to have dinner and to talk about the things that they've done. And then it is juxtaposed to a witch and a uh, pagan religion being featured as these are the things we want out of this holiday. We want a return to the earth and all of those things. But there's nothing in the movie that specifically says uh, that the mother is mad at Arthur or upset with the culture. I think you well, nailed it, though. Yeah, it's, it's all more subtextual and everything. But all that tracks sure. of, of like she wants what Green Knight wants. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, return to earth, I think, is is apt. And I think that uh, all of all of what I don't know. Yeah, what Alicia Vikander, too, said. Of uh, about green, about the color green, and about what it represents, and oh, and and what the what the earth geez, is so. in, in spite of everybody, and I think that would as little to no dialogue as Gawain's mother had, that almost kind of represented the antagonist, I guess, to uh, the the Gawain's pro. If he was the protagonist, I, I guess it would be that case. But others, the antagonist. It's, no, 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 no. Just uh, the the force of that 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 nature again. I mean, the Green Knight is the the antagonist, but also what he what he represents um, is that. Yeah, I like how you put it was return to Earth, and I think that uh, she sure. would, she would ascribe to to that, and that's would be but why, I don't, why yeah. yeah why she summoned him. But yeah, like it. She, she, she has she has no dialogue. She says like, what, <laughs> what were you doing up all night and. Uh, I was at church and it's like, oh, you must have drank the whole sacrament. I think that's like all she, all she, how would she know that if she, uh, like, oh, that's another thing. It's like, if she's not even showing up to Christmas, like what is, why, why does she even give a fuck about what's happening at the sacrament? Like, that's not, you're, you're skipping Christmas to go hang out with your witch friends and then summon the green knight because of, I don't know. Yeah. That, um, but, I mean, that's, that's what happens you're in, with the war, maybe. Yeah, like, yeah, we I do think, get we do get little bits and pieces yeah. of that, but again, it is so much like so much of what is the, you know, sh- maybe arguably should be the text of this movie. Complete subtext and just plays as a theme, like you know, really visually as an audience member, we are just seeing that there again there is a Christian holiday and a pagan holiday happening side by side, mm-hmm. and then it really but riveting because it's just it's so kind of even though arthur's talking relatively slow in cadence there is a like energy that is building the two things up in a really wonderful way where yeah uh and i'll talk about it probably later is people have a problem with this movie because it is not like exciting or there's not a lot of action in it but those are the moments where i would be like didn't you feel kind of thrilled by there's a somebody talking about something so epic like he's you know arthur is talking to his knight's round table about how great it is that we've gone on all of these adventures and now the babes are singing our praises like there's you know, such an energy about that. And then at the same time, it's all these women in this dark room just being like, oh, we're summoning and writing and the beauty of that writing. Oh my God. Oh, makes yeah. me want to just get hard on calligraphy right now. Oh my God. Um, 
I, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, it's like perfect. It's, it's like, it's penmanship porn. It, it is, yeah, it is. Yeah, oh my God. Yes. Like the, there's this, you know, kind of a natural, uh, paper and then she's writing perfectly mm-hmm. on this, like, uh, you know, on this, on this piece of paper. Yeah, and Lowry said he has a real, uh, real thing for watching people uh, or right. seeing how people are represented through their handwriting. And he says that it's a staple or like, that'll be in all of his movies as someone, uh, writing something down because he he loves it so much and he says he oh has he has terrible oh no oh i didn't watch in that you know where i watched that was i also watched this thing from vanity fair on youtube uh where he sits there with a marker i highly recommend that uh denis villeneuve or how do you say his name did it for dune as well for the uh for the what is that the poison needle scene he uh, goes through it but they go through the whole scene and they have a marker and they just write over it like a football commentator about like okay so here and here we did this and they like circle and they do arrows and stuff oh my that's, god that's where i found out about the matte painting thing because he was like okay here's a shot and like this person's a painting and this da, 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 da. um and it's it's one they have there's like there's been some of the youtube like uh like editorial like these uh magazines and stuff like gq and stuff will be sure, sure. interesting like interviews and how they're structured uh with with celebrities and, and stuff like that but that was something where he just sat there with a marker and talked about how he made this shot. And I, I was just, it was just riveting. And how, yeah. So I think some of the stuff I've been saying has been mixed up with that. Cause he was so he was, he was very excited to talk about that scene because it seemed like he put a lot of work into how it was paced and yeah, the back and forth between um, him walking around the table and, and her summoning uh the green knight which is through writing so she writes it and then another thing that i love to see what is what is it called brandon the where you stamp the wax wax it's sealing it sealing yeah see oh i love it i love seeing it and then we even got to hear when he cracks it oh i was like yeah baby (laughs) let's go (laughs) i didn't know i'm not a huge asmr guy but i guess maybe it's about like the crack of a wax seal that's wax seal on a piece of paper god damn it yeah just give it to me (laughs) (laughs) and she like doesn't you could tell she's like I don't know. It it just speaks to the world and the character where it's like, she's opened so many letters where she does it just perfectly like down the middle and opens it. Yeah. And and that's Kate Dickey, which is such a striking sequence. So just yeah, plot yeah. wise of the movie is, is that so immediately we're introduced to Dave Patel. Uh, we're at King Arthur's court and then uh, King Arthur is addressing his court and then the Green Knight shows up and it, which is uh, incredibly visually striking sequence because it is very shadowed through the Arthur's court. Um, but there is a, a very strong white light that enters into it. And then loud banging uh, noise, uh, audio-wise, amazing. Just this loud thump, very foreboding, very scary. Green Knight comes in. He's on a horse and walks the horse through this, which is something from the behind the scenes where the hull is built all the way to the door of the soundstage. So really, it's just the door of that scene and then outside. So like walking horse in there wasn't too difficult because it's like, it's just like, you know, right into the scene from the outside. And um, 
so much of that this uh, clumping uh, <laughs> i mean you're talking about the sound the, the sound of the green green knight when he does approach king arthur and he hands and he, he hands the, and it's, it's like just the like breaking of the like, wood yeah, yeah. Reaching he, out and then coming back it's just yeah it sounds like I, old wood all rubbing together and that's what the way he looks it's so fucking sick i watched an interview with, and not like perfect just very yeah like mm-hmm. And, right. And so uh, Ralph Ineson, uh, I listened to an interview with him talking about the makeup of that. And he even said that it's like so asymmetric that you like are oh. kind of st- like it's heavier on one side. Oh, really? And, wow. And he then was at first, he talked about at first, he's like, oh, I feel so vulnerable and cons- and constricted by this. But then he later accepted those restrictions as to how the how it would present him as this being and then lived in that where he's just like oh yeah if i am a tree man i would just be very like slow and like and he said uh concise or it wasn't like so thoughtful in his steps and i'm like yeah I love this guy. You're just making me love him more and more. (laughs) Oh my God. So yeah, he, but he commented on the fact that the asymmetrical way that the green knight's head kind of like grows off to the side, just like a tree would, if it isn't given any support, it would grow off to wherever support is. And that could be, you know, very asymmetrical. Um, And then you just, they have a way where there is a lot going on around his head, but, He's like wearing it, a big helmet. Yeah. His mouth is clear and his eyes are pretty oh, clear. Like, clear. Yeah. There's like, there's like almost Batman style where it's like, you can see the little like circle around his eyes a little bit where you can kind of, totally. he can, mm-hmm. he can do stuff there and he can kind of make some facial expressions. And yeah, he's, he's standing right in front of you. Just, you just only need him to talk though. And really like, obviously I move, mean but boy, yeah. Hey, it's like, can you, I'm trying to think of, as if it was like Danny DeVito's voice or something <laughs> or someone else's. I don't know. That's not the best example. It's like the most deep and like, I don't know what that kind of, I know it's called vocal fry where your voice gets so at a level where it starts to waver. But I don't know if there is like then where it's wavering at the sound volume it's at, if that's like a certain tone or how you would describe it. But his voice has so much vocal fry that it starts like getting so rustly, but it gets rustly with the like air injection of like this baritone or I, yeah, again, don't know this. He's just a bass. Nah, he's just like a natural bass. Just natural bass. Okay. Yeah. And my my God. So back to the plot, though. So why his voice matters in this scene? It matters just because it fucking rocks. Yes. But um, he is speaking through Kate Dickey, which, you know, to all you polar bears out there, Ralph uh, Ineson and Kate Dickey were in The Witch as husband and wife. And then so for them, for him to talk through her was really interesting. Now, you know, having already seen that, because... um, I'm sure A24 was like, hey, you, you need, we got some people that worked on our, one of our other movies if you need them. <laughs> right. And I, I kind of think that's probably the case, right? They must like, have had like a, a, a yeah, casting like, director mm-hmm. probably works for A24. Yeah. 
Sure. I, I, I know that, okay, just, you know, because David Lowry is probably going to be a fucking huge, amazing person for a whole lot longer. But after his, like, first real outing, he started his own, per, like, film or not, like, production company or whatever, which is, like, the Ridley Scott move of it all or whatever. Um, oh, just quick interjection into this lovely Green Knight podcast, but I just recently launched uh, Alien because you had been talking about love it, love that movie, really being into the world, and I was like, I don't think I've ever really like sat down and just watch Alien, wow. and then I like sat down and watched Alien, and I was like, this movie fucking rocks so goddamn hard, I can't even like. I, I like i can't even like yeah. it, the, the the room that they're in where it's all like a white and lights and stuff i'm like oh my god this is yeah. so fucking cool <laughs> and and then there's they'll be like uh Sigourney Weaver will just be like pulling things out of things and like shoving it into it like she's a, a you know like a teller you know like an old school a phone operator yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. like these like plates of you know <laughs> data chips or whatever and she's got to like plug it into stuff I'm like oh my god this is so fucking sick and then any, anytime you see the alien it's like kind of in in like the machine in the ship and there'll be like things around it where it's just so dark and it's only just showing you this mm-hmm. slimy metal ish thing mm-hmm. coming out of the metal and it's like fucking perfect um Oh, this is making me so happy hearing you rave about one of my favorite God. movies. <laughs> uh, well, okay, so then, but then I I even brought this up at work, where I was talking to uh, my manager about it, and he's an older guy, so he he's seen, he likes both of the movies, and I brought it up um, about like, oh, I'm watching Alien. He's like, oh, those movies are great. But what I said to him was, is it makes me so fucking mad about like Covenant and Prometheus because it like is it's taking all the things that are esoteric about why people like it and not understanding the fundamentals about why Alien is good because and then it just what blows my mind is it's a lot of the same people. And then I'm like, wait, so what's going on here? Like, I don't know. I, I, I'll, I just we'll had a whole, whole rewatch. <laughs> no, this past this past year, one of my my favorite podcasts with Gorley and Rust it talked about those movies, and I went on the journey with journey with them, and uh, I went and watched, yeah, like the the everything after Aliens and in between Prometheus and Covenant, I hadn't seen, so that was Alien Three and Resurrection, those two movies. Um, seeing that play out is is way more rough then at least resurrection is like so, so hard to watch. Um, and it's, and it's falling prey to the same things that you talk about where it's like, we need to know about all this stuff that we just don't need to know about. And it, oh, it, no. it doesn't, doesn't matter. And it's. The first I, alien I have such a love hate and relationship zero. with Prometheus and an alien covenant though. Cause I found myself like at times really enjoying aspects of that movie and being really pissed off at other parts of it. And it's such a totally polarizing now retroactively me too in yeah. my own mind watching it. Cause yeah, I, I didn't, I watched them, watched them all again recently. And, uh, I guess I didn't watch Prometheus cause I've seen that one enough, but I did watch coming again. One that me and you saw in theaters. And yeah. that was the last time I saw it was when we, we saw it in theaters and this time I like certain parts about it more, but then was also even more frustrated about things. I was already originally frustrated about 
like them not even wearing helmets when they go out like in the oh, this will be my last point we can go back to green knight but in prometheus everyone got mad because they wore their helmets out into the planet and then they they got into this little spot and they're like oh it's pure it's it's oxygen here we can breathe let's take our helmets off in this new world and everyone's like oh they're idiots why would they take their helmets off and then in covenant they don't even put helmets on they just walk out into the new world no helmets the first thing that happens is like a flower shoots a little black particle in some dude's ear and then the whole movie goes oh. to shit after. and it's all these like and they're all paired off and it's all couples and everything too so everyone's just arguing with each other in that in that way but um it all has to ravel or like circle around the alien and that's like kind of a weird carnal sin of it where it's like that can just if you're going to continue to make movies movies like that can be just kind of like in the background or something but when they get too up their own ass about like <laughs> i don't know it's this perfect creature and there's this whole the story about creature why, stuff why, uh, why, it, why it exists it's yeah. like, no it's an accident and if you you love the first movie you'll see that it's just like they just found the, the signal. Re- There's a signal yeah. that they found and that's all it needs to be. It doesn't, and all these other movies are explaining it and it's yeah. Pointless, but there is so little, I, that's the thing that was so striking to me this time is, is that like, well, again, I never like fully seen it. It was always like a TV thing, but now like actually watching it, the thing that is so incredibly striking and why I loved it so much is that there is no explanation about androids. There is the only bit of the alien we get is that the it, it like okay, so the to the per not we get a certain bits, but to what you're specifically saying about um the alien as a perfect predator is is the why that's so effective in the first movie is because it is a robot, which you would theoretically conceptualize as it cares about perfectness and like everything needs to be law and order. R.I.P. Ian Holm. Yeah. Or R.I.P. Serene Holmes. That's why he needed to do that. But that is like, three lines of dialogue it is so fucking minimal Mm -hmm. and he even him as a robot was horrifying and they explained almost none of it and i love that because it was it was one of those things where we're all just like kind of trying to figure out this problem and then you're like (laughs) holy shit this guy's a fucking fucking narc and you just like have to deal with like this guy's a fucking narc and 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 it's just like holy shit i didn't even me as an audience member i didn't even consider that i'm like all right were you, I mean, so you were actually surprised, but you didn't know that he was a he was a robot. I had no idea. That's I had awesome, literally, dude. Oh, that I, man! I wish I, I was had, there with you. For I that. had so little like recollection oh of this, That's but good. you just had talked about it on your streams, and I'm like, you know what? It's like it's. I was going through Amazon. I'm like, oh, this is like free on Amazon, and I watched it. And I'm like, this movie fucking rocks. Like yeah, so goddamn hard because it's like this. It is so like claustrophobic mm-hmm. and it is so visually at times when they're like, again, that whole um, I can't remember the actor's name, but like when he's uh, the captain essentially is like sitting in that white room with all the lights. I was like, man, I love the way this looks. Yeah. There's just there's so much stuff going on. And then also too, like even in 2021, like visually little screens of just like a particular thing 
mm-hmm. is like really visually appealing. Like I love that there's a lot of uh inputs, like physical inputs around like a small screen that is just operating as like this is me tracking this thing because mm-hmm. it is somewhat representative of what work is like now is that a one screen can operate as just this is tracking x and then i am like typing on z and this thing's happening but there's just like this the juxtaposition of a physical input and a visual like representation of that and the way that it's all stratified in it is just like so visually fucking cool Absolutely. where there's like, like a lot of there's going to be a lot of metal and then there's going to be these little bits of screen and then there's like these disc things that you got to yeah. pull out and it's got like a crunch to it and you got to like <laughs> shove it in there in that whole sequence of Ridley like fucking with the like blowing up the ship and she's got to like oh fuck you know what actually and then she's like <laughs> crunching things down and I'm like yeah <laughs> Ridley Scott made alien this is 1979 he made alien it blows my mind and, too. and he made 79 and he made uh, blade runner and those uh, movies visually are just like rock my no, socks off yeah and no this is not like new front two white guys being like oh yeah blade runner is so good yeah oh let's talk about how great it is but it you know that's a you talked about the technology and the fun thing about that is seeing what the 80s late 70s think of what the future will be and yeah there's oh, still going to be a lot of physical inputs there's still going to be like whatever <laughs> crt tv sort of like in uh, big boxy things there's even like wood paneling in some of the fucking spaceship mm. and everything and like this weird sort of like yeah browns and yellows and like yeah the still oh. hot in the 70s a little bit and these and it's about yeah and you know, to segue a little bit, it's like the same way about like oh, night is, to the podcast is, about the alien. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh I'll, sorry. I'll, don't tempt me. I'll go there. But you know, it's like this isn't about Sir Arthur, and these then this alien is not about we are sure. going to go space. We're spacefaring civil, <laughs> and we're going to go and we're going to uh, do some amazing thing, which is kind of a sin of like Prometheus and a little bit too. Is like they have such lofty ambitions that it's hard for it to like meet the expectations of the audience. And the first one, they're just fucking like first ship, one is ship, so tight they're it's just shipping in, stuff around and they just work for this company and there's grunts and they like blue collar sort of workers and and they just have yeah Dakota just crushing it and like the, the ship doesn't yeah the ship doesn't work properly and all and it's just like it's not it's not a big deal like and they just find a uh, they stumble across something that is a big fucking deal to them and they have to deal with it but um that attitude and energy going into it and that flight and the and just trying to figure it out by the seat of your pants sort of nature and no buildup is like a lot of, yeah, what the fuck is going on? The whole thing where, yeah, they didn't even know that uh, oh, they, yeah. oh. the alien was going to pop out of, um, damn it. What's his, what's his name? Uh, uh, John Hurst, John, John Hurt, uh, his, uh, Hurt, his, yeah. his chest and, the, and their reactions to that. Just, oh I don't my know, God. All, all that's all that stuff. And he's at like, dinner and he's like, yeah, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better. And then he's <laughs> like, oh, 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 and then everybody's just starts freaking out. And you're like, Oh Yeah. And then you, oh. Dude, and then you're going to watch it a second time. You're going to know Ian Holmes a robot and you're going to watch how he acts. And it's amazing. Man. Amazing. So right. Good. And yeah. I know because even during the movie, I was thinking about that whole sequence of Ridley being like, no, this person's infected. Like, they're not allowed to come in here. No, I don't want this person to come in here. They have to go through these procedures. And then him just being like very 
no, it's okay. Yeah, come in. Okay, no, no. Hey, it's because we want these people in, right? And just like working the whole, oh my God, his motivations the whole time. I'm so excited to watch again. Like, man, yeah. fuck, dude. That movie. Watch, I mean, if you haven't watched Aliens in a while, it's one of the best sequels ever made. So. I haven't. And, uh, yeah, and that's the thing that's, uh, I was I was looking into it because I was like, well, Alien might be a perfect movie. And then um, I was looking at Aliens and I was like, Okay, so this is the James Cameron of it all. Mm -hmm. So the James Cameron of it all is really the culprit to why future alien movies suck. (laughs) Because James Cameron is the one who's like, oh, yeah, you want more alien stuff is how I'm viewing it. And maybe I'm viewing, you know, uh, yeah, I haven't really seen it. But just looking into the not the synopsis i didn't read the synopsis what did i read about it i just read like headlines because i'm gonna watch it because now having seen alien totally gonna watch aliens i was almost gonna do a back-to-back but then i was like it's a okay, long aliens just, is long yeah and yeah, yeah it's, it's uh it's more of an action movie than like a that's straight, what i than simply straight, put yes yeah um, more of like a straight claustrophobic horror movie horror it's, it's, movie. it's, it's i mean it's claustrophobic and there's horrific elements and stuff like that but yeah, dude, it's, it's, you saw the, if you see the effects, I don't know, I don't know, this was probably a, a fair comparison from T1 to T2 and just how much like stepped up T2 gets. T1's I, better than T2 though. T1 is great. I love, I love Terminator 1. I, T1 yeah. is like really fucking good. And that's, yeah. I guess, I guess that is what I'm bringing up is it's like the James Cameron of it all. Actually, I fucking don't like James Cameron as a filmmaker is like what I'm starting to come to realize is I don't like him as a filmmaker because he is a master at taking source material to the populace. For sure. Like, man, if James Cameron wasn't busy fucking off on um, on making uh, Avatar movies, like if he made a Marvel movie, like his view of properties and how they can be the most easily digestible thing to the greatest amount of people, like he is amazing at that. But what was so breathtaking about alien and then no like a, a, and i love terminator one like a fucking ass ton because it's like gritty and small and it's like oh, I love terminator one is like how many how many real locations are there there's like so much of it is like they're at a club and he's like trying to get into the like in to kill them and there's just so much of that just very in like in in a small area but so much strength and energy that's awesome so i I think i I guess that's what i'm saying i'm a little apprehensive about it i watched terminator one for the first time in a long time and i thought i'd seen terminator 2 more than anything and i watched terminator 1 i was like wow this is one of the few movies that my dad was like cool as like a very young child of like "Eh, i'm gonna put terminator 1 on i've seen it so many times i was like oh my god i've seen this movie a lot because my (laughs) my dad would just always like and i think he was the same way he's like i like terminator 1 better you know and it's yeah it's a little more gritty like my son needs to see this like like, this is just good movies it's robot versus man it's a little bit mono mono than just like a, a whole big conspiracy that they have to uncover which the skynet this yeah, whole like rebellion and all of this like huge 
shit that James Cameron adds to it that I'm just really not becoming a huge fan of. A lot of people aren't doing it. And hey, I'll put this out there. He makes a great sequel, according to a lot of people. And I, I agree too. We'll see how that Avatar sequel is. Hey, maybe it's gonna like people. People didn't give, people are like eh, Avatar. Like I'm gonna fuck about Avatar, and then they're gonna be like, yeah. "Oh my god, Avatar two! It's the new T two! Oh my god, he's gonna make Titanic two! Oh my god, he's gonna do it all! It's gonna be great, Titanic two! <laughs> that person just came. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Hey, maybe we'll make another another great great sequel. Um, but all but that uh, being said, yeah, the more restrained uh, sort, uh, of, wait, we're sort of real quick. I'm going to take a, I'm going to just take yeah. one more pee break and then yeah. we'll take a break. We'll get back, back to the green night. Green we'll, night. We'll be right back. God, I just want to talk about alien now. Um, but back to the green night, right? Uh, we'll go back to the green night. I could spend all night, um, talking about, alien there's still even more i want to say like i didn't even tell i didn't even talk to you about i don't know if you're aware of this the space jesus uh theory that people have about prometheus i would love to talk to you about that but you know we should probably we should probably should probably yeah <laughs> yeah get back to, to get another to yeah but th- there is a whole space che- jesus uh theory on uh prometheus if anyone wants to wants to check it out it's uh it's fascinating stuff uh, if, if i could uh get us to the end of the movie if that's okay or is there anything in like the middle section of the movie that you want to talk about because i would just start i I would start because because we've i mean the lot of time that we have already uh maybe but i mean we've only really just started his quest so i would i I would like to at least like touch maybe speed run these these side quests at least let's do it oh Um, let's do this okay so he so he rolls yeah he rolls out of you know he chops off green knight's head he rolls out of uh camelot um and he had what's i mean what's the first the first thing is the the thief first thing thief yeah yep. he, he there's this beautiful long shot of him writing uh alongside barry i don't know how to pronounce his last name great actor he's in killing of a sacred deer um and other stuff as well Ilgen uh or Kahan or something like yeah but he's yeah. he's he's wonderful um just great casting and there's a just great long shot of dev uh patel just riding his horse all the way down this war-torn field one shot the whole way and he's walking alongside him points him in the direction of what he thinks is the green chapel. And then it's not, and him and his buddies, uh, steal his shit and tie him up. And then there's this amazing 360 degree shot. 360 shot. Yeah. Um, and this is starts think, with a dead Dave Patel, this but then a, ends with a live one foretells kind of what happens at the end. I think is gets you ready yeah. for, to prepare for, alternate viewings of what could happen of like, if he, if he did not do anything or if he could not figure out a way to get free, this is, this is his fate, but it does a very slow methodic 360 uh, of him as a skeleton comes back to him alive. And then he crawls over to all his stuff in real time, uh, honestly. And then he, he gets free. He runs along, you know, this Fox is following him. Um, And uh, yeah, so that's like side quest number Number one, I say, and this kind of like supports, yeah, the whole hero's journey thing of him, you know, going to meet his. He end. cuts his hand. Yeah, that was, that was brutal. Striking, brutal. Yeah, absolutely yeah, he, brutal. He gets bound and tied, and then he has to. So we start as him being dead, and yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. As it starts familiarizing yourself with the idea that on a hero's journey, the hero can die at the very beginning. 
and like it visually conveys a interesting kind of um a thought experiment of the movie obviously isn't going to end right then and there but what if it did mm-hmm. you know and then you just follow barry what's his face uh to finish the quest for him or something like that <laughs> um and i yeah i think that shows the true risk that he's taking doing this even before he gets there to go die. He he could get just messed up on, on the way. Um, and he could be just that he won't be any sort of legend. He'll be some dude that got tied up in the woods and, and rotted. And, and he saw the, the guy in the cage on the way there. He saw a dude with arrows in him on a tree, like that the Fox kind of pointed out to him a little bit or whatever. And there's just death all around him. It's very death, subtle death and, to, death and rot yeah. all around him, you know, it's, it, and, and that's the green as, as well as, uh, and he, that's what Barry talks about is like the earth is going to suck him up and take all the bodies back naturally and, and all that stuff. And it's just all woven in and in, in such a subtextual natural way that doesn't bang you over the head with it or cheat you oh. like a fucking idiot, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. And I think, uh, and hopefully honestly that it's a continued thing that we say about this that makes for good movies is when a movie doesn't beat you over the head with what it's trying to tell you, it just lets you like uh, less is more attitude about certain things, not everything, but like in certain, in a lot of cases that that we'll continue to talk about, I'm sure of just, we uh, let me think about the possibility of an end here or think about how yeah like it, the thing that you want isn't the thing that you need and just it kind of not be spoon fed oh but this is what you want this is what you need like all of that kind of mm-hmm. attitude that uh, populist movies can have like there's something really wonderful about letting me do some of the driving of yeah. where this could go and then maybe or not, not even fully understand, but you're in the, in that state of guessing you're in that state of wondering what's going on and being at the edge of your seat a little bit. And, and I think that frustrated some people and I'll, that'll probably be represented, yeah, represented sure. in the reviews. Um, but totally. that's also, yeah, it just caters. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, he, he could just, he, he could just be forgotten. And that, and that's, and that just, I don't know. That just really resonated, uh, with me. I'm repeating me too, it, but, yeah. um, Cause he, he, there's just so much buildup for him to do this. I it just, and then that's just interesting to think about. Um, and his fir- first altercation, he's yeah, just fucked. It just ends. And then he just, yeah. And it just like, ends. And not that's the green the end night, he just, no, just like some random fucking robbers on the road. Is the first <laughs> yeah. thing, Cause he trusted them, you know? And it's just like, he, he just, didn't even kind of fucks up. As, yeah. He fucks up. As he a, just as, fucks up as a knight, you know? And, yep. and like multiple, and like multiple of these, uh, these side quests, I think in this next one where he goes to the, the house to get shelter after he lost all his shit. Um, and he see, and he thinks it's an empty house and he goes to sleep. And then a woman wakes him up and he, he shortly figures out that she's a ghost. She asks him to go find her head in the lake. Um, and I love this. And you know, you, you just striking actress. I want to see her and yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Is I loved uh, looking at her face. She just has an interesting kind of complexion look about her. So great. Yeah. And, and, uh, her acting in terms of just becoming, coming off as ethereal and, uh, and otherworldly. Funny sort of too, thing. Almost like, yeah. What's that? And funny too. 
Well, that's what I was going to say. This this line that and, you know, you brought up the video game thing and me thinking about it being a side quest was so, so funny to me. And I think this was, you know, if there's a funny part of the movie, this was the funniest thing, I think. Yeah, maybe the last line too. Of the movie, too, is kind of kind of funny. But yeah, um, <laughs> she he asks she asked him to go get her head out of the lake. And he's like, well, he's about to do it. And he's like, well, what would you offer me in return? And then she kind of paused and was like. Why would you why would ever you ask me that? <laughs> why would, why you, would you say that? Yeah, why would you ever ask me to give you anything? Like that's and then he kind of sits there like, yeah, that was my head's like, a lake. Yeah, I'm God a ghost. Damn it. Like you want to stay in my house? I don't know. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's like it, I just thought that was so funny because you see that in every yeah, yeah, playing up video games and stuff, and it's like, oh well, I want 10 shillings to deliver your goat to the neighbor who stuff. I don't know, whatever. Uh, and, and then like these little side it's like no that's why don't you just be an honorable knight and 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 do and then and what's righteous and i think that's that's the fault with with that side quest too he kind of like should, he, he has these faulty this faulty nature to him and it's not necessarily faulty but in the terms the of what he's doing any of, of this what, exactly and no. the norms of what a knight should be and what an honorable man should should be and all that stuff and what he thinks sir arthur would probably do in this situation he's trying to live up to those expectations because he's actually familial to him that's his uncle um so he's putting all this pressure on himself to the point where i think it's detrimental to his natural inclinations in, in certain respects too of of being a man and, and being who he was destined to be and uh, I, he, he gradually figures it out throughout this journey. And that's, that's all part of the, the hero's quest as well Is yeah, you know, you learn about the world around you and also about, about a lot about yourself. Um, and, yeah. uh, yeah, so that's, that's side quest kind of number two. And then he, uh, trying to think how it leads to the next part, but the next part is essentially, yeah, the Joel Egerton and Alicia Vikander too, um, is what, co- what comes after. And he kind of, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of, he's like running away from something or. Yeah. So he still doesn't have anything. And then he is propelled out, like kind of out of the house because there's no one in it except a ghost. Yeah. So he leaves. And then we kind of, not kind of, but we get a, um, a arguably too lengthy uh, journey of him stumbling through the brutal nature of the journey that he's on like where it's all yeah like the wetlands and stuff it's a lot of wetlands ireland yeah <laughs> for the, you know? i mean that's the thing it's like if you're going to do the green they night, google like search the, the you know best caves on the planet and ireland has what did the guys the second unit director say like he's the like most, <laughs> had the most caves and so that's why they picked ireland yeah <laughs> And to me, exactly. I was thinking, I was like, oh, well, it's the Green Knight. Like, Ireland just has a different shade and color of of green than any other place in the world, I, I would think. And it, just seeing how it's shot. And then it was, was so so interesting to see. I was thinking it spoke to how great, and it does, how well it's shot in terms of lighting and everything by uh, the crew and everything. But also how great cameras are now is that the behind-the-scenes crew, when they were filming a lot of the stuff just with their behind-the-scenes cameras, it looked great. It looked great. It looked, I mean, obviously, like not as great as the final product, but I was like, this looks pretty close. Like, and they're just using their behind the scenes stuff. And I was like, I guess, you know, yeah, you maybe cameras are better now too. Uh, you know what that valley the, reminded the, me? The lighting about? of Ireland and as well as the lighting in the rooms and everything, they were able to keep natural so much so that, yeah, you could probably take an iPhone in there and 
it would look amazing uh, <laughs> you know they were all just so jacked too that it's like oh yeah the weather's gonna be rainy yeah they were like waiting for I, we only saw it once before and it was rainy we're just like oh i hope it rains could you imagine yeah being the person who picked that location and then they came there like oh it's raining cool and you, you go back to film there and you're spending weeks just waiting for it to rain you're like i promise it was good. Um, oh god yeah. and then and i love too the the horse trainer comes in he's like it's speaking for the horse he's like i can't believe you guys are making me do this yeah. <laughs> just like that kind of shit yeah. oh god it makes you so, so. excited to yeah, I don't know. To, For filmmaking. You, like, yeah, you feel like you're like, there and, and, and jacked. to see that collaborative process, the cre creative collaborative process was invigorating and to to see how, yeah, comfortable and, and to see to see how they essentially treated each other like a family um, was a lot of a lot of fun just to be there on the set. Because, yeah, it was a lot of just the guy shooting, just them hanging out. It seemed like it, it was it was a not not the most like produced behind the scenes sort of thing where there was a lot of jumping around to music and different people interviewing and all that stuff it was more so yeah just like hanging out seeing seeing how things um went down and yeah i i uh i liked the energy that i that i thought transcended through behind the scenes um to me on, on that set but they, he goes that, to uh that valley where the giants are so where we're coming giants, out of the yeah. plot is is okay. that so uh Gowan, um, Gawain. I, I keep fucking this up, but I, even Joel Egerton, he's like, is it Gawain, Gawain? And he actually played, he, he played, he played that character in King Arthur, Gawain, the, the, two, the two, 2003 one. And he was like, he couldn't even pronounce it. And when he was in his interview <laughs> or he was, he could, he, not that he couldn't, he could, he was just, it's Gawain or Gowan. I'm not sure. And he's like, I played, Go I played that character in 2003 King Arthur. And like at least 10 of the people who worked on that movie are also working on this movie. <laughs> oh, wow. Amazing. A Jerry, a Jerry Bruckheimer uh, picture, which I think a lot of people in the oh, reviews wow. We're expecting more of that kind of experience that Jerry. Oh my God, that's Jerry a great Parker way to put Jerry, it. I think. Oh my God, that's an amazing way to put it. Because I was reading the reviews and so much of it was like, this movie's boring. Yeah. I wanted, you know. You want battles, yeah. And you want like, oh, want well, why isn't he going to battle the Green? He's not going to battle the Green Knight. This is bullshit. Um, but yeah, I was just going to highlight a few things that happened with Alicia Vikander oh. too. And Joel Egerton is a. Uh, yeah. Was there something just like? yeah just real quick the uh valley in which the giants are so oh, yes sorry the, uh, yeah they uh, that was another thing that came up uh, speaking of the uh audience reviews is that people called out how stupid the giants were oh bummer that was one of the coolest and that, things and that's a bummer to uh, just uh, in a sense of like humanity and people's general intelligence because there was a scene of him eating mushrooms and then even throwing up the mushrooms oh, so yeah. for him to see like giants in, in this situation wasn't outlandish and they just totally missed that and were just too stupid you know what i'm fucking calling you out you were too <laughs> dumb to realize that he was just high on mushrooms and he was seeing these like, uh, hey, I was too dumb to think about the mushrooms too. I was just accepting literally that there were giants and I was still very happy. So I'm one of I was just having a good time. Yeah. I like, uh, I registered that they were psychedelic in that moment that he threw them up. But then I, I don't know. I was just like, yeah, there's giants in this world. Cool. Even to the degree that he has that oh, yeah. moment, he looks at his hand and it's like yeah. starting to get moss on it. And then he like, <laughs> 
Price to bat it away and then it like goes away and then he's like oh, okay and then he like yeah and then you just see him and then there's these giants that's right and then he passes that's why I, okay now that that's all making sense he's tripping balls on mushrooms and that's how he comes into the thank you yeah well that that clears that up you know i was fine just with the literal text of like oh yeah he like stumbled upon the valley of giants and this one like tried to pick him up and he like screamed at it and the and the fox uh because yeah the fox talks later he's not a mushroom so i don't know there's just like magic stuff in this world there's like if there's a green knight sure, that yeah. you chop the head off if you need a green knight running around then there could be giants and you know magical foxes and ghosts and stuff so i was like i was just willing to you don't know what's real or fantasy to its credit credit as as well and like whether it is a hallucination or not uh and that's i'm that's, I love that that's my side I'm yeah. <laughs> no but i love that that is also a, a reading of this as well as that oh this is just an arthurian tale that can be fantastical because we've seen it in the past and it doesn't need to insinuate explicitly that there are psychedelics involved in the like what the characters are taking in order for these surreal beings to exist. It's like, oh, we're on. If anything, at a base level, this movie is a fairy tale. Yeah. And so it doesn't have to be like brutal realism. It can have like mystical and magical beings and in dragons and whatever. Um but yeah, this, but uh, I just, I, uh, the, why I bring it up is because I read like five reviews where they're like, and the giants are really fucking stupid. <laughs> like, Bummer. You know, but that's like, I mean, that, if, if I'm trying if to understand- anything, that's, that's what's, that was given to you why giants could exist is the only point that I was making. Okay. And that's why it's yeah. wonderful to hear your opinion you about it because. Like you could just accept it as not even mushrooms are involved. It's just we're in a fairy tale. Like yeah. that's cool too. We're watching we're a goddamn here. movie, you son of a bitch. It's <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> like, if I'm trying to God. think of like what what their side would be, <sighs> I don't. Even, I'm not even sure if I want to go down that path. But it's like, yeah, it's it like, what, it what, is, it what is this movie? Didn't make any sense. And then all of a sudden there were giants. What the fuck? WTF and that. Yeah. I just like, they may be like, okay. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds maybe different, but I was thinking like, oh, maybe it, they would say it doesn't contribute to certain parts of the movie, but it's like, this is such a thematical movie and all these side quests are part of the, Some people said are, that too, though. are part of the, no, hero, you're right. are part of the hero's journey. And it is about characterization and, uh world you know and in a way world building in in a subtextual sort of way where it's not like yes in the ancient times they talked about the valley of the giants and giants. like he like <laughs> stumbles upon some like hermit where people and go to find themselves hermit in a cave or something it's like yes you have to go past this uh ridge to take these mushrooms and then you will see some giants and then you will go to joe legerton and he will tell they're you they're gonna be completely nude <laughs> yeah be, and they will not speak your language they speak at a a much dulcet dulcet uh tone that uh, is uh, the rate of a much slower amount of time since they they live in a slower uh, it's all relative to you you get out you get what it means but they have a wonderful singing voice i'm telling you what if you bring your fox along you get some harmonies going you'll have your hey, the nipples the size of lanterns <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i was just when i did see him i was like god wow <laughs> You know, and there's like kind of breastfeeding and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, I wow. Was, there's like this whole, like, that, you know, yeah. and it just not the, the breastfeeding. I'm not, you know, wasn't whole, totally hung up on that, but like there's this whole giant civilization insinuating because there were like, there wasn't the same giant. It wasn't 
almost like the way that uh, Attack on Titan is presented is, is that there's like a majority of giants are this. There was like everybody was like a person, but there were a giant and they were also engaging in very like human things. Everybody was nude and they were breastfeeding and they were like kind of just had this. Yeah. Um, Titan archaic old magic old earth vibe to them um but all that goes with you know having mushrooms i could see this (laughs) scene just being a point where yeah people like myself might be like oh i'm all in on this movie like if i am not if i wasn't already which i was i would be like oh i'm all in even more like this is this is he just stumbled upon this and this is happening and and like he's doing this epic pose with his with his axe and then the fox is howling and there's a giant like Sign me up. I mean, I mean all up, but I also see, yeah, the other side of people like I am checking out of this movie because I don't know what the totally. fuck, I don't know what the fuck is happening. What the know, fuck's going I on? I don't know why. The, and then it just car- and then you be like, oh, he's going to talk to these giant people, and then he's going to figure out what his next part of the quest is going to be. Then, yeah. And then it just goes to the next scene. They're like, what the fuck? Well, what, what the point? Of, what was the point of that? Um, and it's an, it, honestly, my it's like I really have a love hatred uh with this next part of the movie because i would say this is the most boring part of the movie but also gives you the most out of the movie that's a that's it's really like well this weird weird like thing that's happening in this next whole sequence of joel egerton and elisa vikander in this Kind of, you know, the way that it's perceived in the movie, for me, I guess I'll just say is, because maybe some people will perceive it differently, but um, out of this hallucinogenic state of being not taken care of, he finds himself like I've seen in other tales of, then he stumbles upon this almost Garden of Eden or this like really, it's, it's almost like a majority of representations of the vice land if you will like you go from destitution to here's just hot women food uh, uh, beds and all of that stuff and that's this which is usually in other tales like where that land would be in the story is you go through the start of the tale to losing everything, to reaching a level of self-actualization. But then now you're challenged by the vices of the world. And that's what this area represents, which I don't, I don't mean to sound like derogatory or, or, or say that this is a bad thing. Cause I fucking love it. Like this, all of those archetypes that I'm talking about, the fact that they're in this movie fits so incredibly well. This is what should be happening is now uh, uh, Gowan is uh, it's like landing on the Isle of um, Sirens, like, you know, he's now being tempted by a mistress and he has to deal with all of these vices of the world food good eats uh fresh linens like all of those things and then for the kind of seen this a million times i feel like and joel joel egerton being this um 
like uh not not machiavellian but like this gregarious like oh i'm all about drinking wine and eating boars and fucking women and that kind of reading you know like having a bunch of books and yeah right and just being a yeah a um a medieval playboy i I don't know but a medieval playboy yeah for sure yeah maybe on on the outside of, of it and i i totally get what you mean where yeah it is it is all of those things where it's is he's confronted more with the physical nature of the world the br- brutality of it all leading up to this and trying to deal with thieves and making camp and um staying warm and trying to find a place to sleep and all that stuff and now he's in a situation where all of his needs are met and he's he's being tempted and he's being confronted with more heady mindful things about what it means to be a knight what why you are doing this what the point of of it of it is um he lies uh about being in love when she confronts him about you know the little jingle bell that he he took from Alicia Vikander one um and he's just he, i don't know i just that that moment registered with me a lot oh you just like very dishonest in that moment it's like oh are you in love no no i'm not in love and th- these moments of just it manifests itself later in the movie too that, that really movie. breaks my heart is how Alicia Vikander one is treated. Um, but uh, real quick. So this Alicia Vikander one and two, I'm I had a really hard time understanding and like in my mind, what was going on there? Because at first my reading of it was, is that Alicia Vikander one was actually Alicia Vikander two, but she was like role playing for some reason. Like she uh, wanted to be down in the, in like the people, but there wasn't like anything a year about later. It. This is how she was after like a year or something. Well, she was always this, but she like, it was kind of a, like a summer of love incident, you uh, know, kind of vibe of she was, you know, in where she the found like another, she found like another guy that could, give her what she wants or something like that or no she wanted to live as a peasant for a year or two oh you know that kind of thing where she's actually royalty but she wanted to slum it for you know kind of have a whatever the um um oh fuck i can't remember yeah i mean to to me the the reasons behind it uh i think were effective in terms of because now now even thinking about it as we speak is that Joel Edgerton does serve as a proxy or a, or a foil for Dev Patel. If you were to take a different path in life. And I think the fact that Alicia Vikander is literally the same actress and looks exactly like uh, his love interest at the beginning, it serves that foil that much better. Cause it's like, Oh, this could be oh, me. If I just walk away, kind of like I could right. walk away and that's what the fox confronts him after this scene as well, where this whole she this whole presents that to him. This whole portion, she yeah, she presents it as well as that you can just walk away and just tell everyone you did what you did, and and no one would be the wiser, and you would live a happy life, uh, without having to go through it. And uh, I think how does the fox put it? It's like a many like a wise man would just like pat, take his shame and walk and 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 be okay with it and live and live your life, you know um and being if you know what would happen yeah he is he has done everything to to from arthur telling him giving him his whole speech before he leaves and why king arthur finds it important to him to have that talk with him about like oh are you going to go on this journey or not 
um, to this point where it's kind of the opposite, where they're kind of like questioning him without King Arthur there to kind of prove your case about why are you like, why are you doing this of like, Joel like, that's what so it's all really, about. So this one thing's going to be going to do that. Okay. Whatever. Kind of okay, like, okay, whatever. Like, yeah, like, I'm here so like, fucking and killing and uh, don't give a shit. Yeah. And Alicia Vikander is, you know, kind of like in almost looks like not pity fuck, but just like almost, it looks like she's, she's tempting. She's tempting him. And she has mm-hmm. the row, the, sorry, the belt that was stolen from, from him by Barry and she has it now and and it's just he it's so discombobulating as an audience viewer to the scene you just don't know what to believe it's a person playing two parts you know she has the belt and i think that uh mind com- you the entire time visually it is pretty striking as fuck because yeah. she's talking about what it means to be a man as she's like it's conveying that this is like early photography. She oh has my like, God, the camera she has like the, oh, my God. oh my God. So that she process, has this. Yeah. Like, so th- she creates a camera obscura and then she paints a portrait with what is, is that formaldehyde or whatever they use for, uh, right. uh-huh. for, for dark rooms. And she uh-huh. makes the first photograph photograph. Cause, cause the camera, obscura, <laughs> she closes all the windows and the camera obscura prints on the, the formaldehyde. I think that's what the, what the liquid is covered portrait that blew my mind dude i was i was like what is happening she even talks about it she's like but you've never had a portrait by me yeah <laughs> i'm like oh my god that was like da vinci shit i, I don't know like yeah that just that that was something that was cool for the sake of being cool from a person that who like is uh the director is just like someone who worships film it seems like and like it's all yeah. it's all light and magic and and shadows and light and everything so in in photography and to kind of have that and it's yeah it's kind of like an ode to film i sound like an asshole but ode to like film or something you know it's it just it's no i mean this would be the movie discussion of sound like an asshole because like (laughs) let your asshole flag fly because i don't know this movie fucking visually rocks all the goddamn time and if you're so wrapped up in just how do we get from point A to point Z? And that's all I give a fuck about. It's like, can you just like take a step back and pay attention to what's happening on screen? Cause that in itself is so wonderful and loving and interesting and different and unique and challenging. Like, I don't know. I, I, I do know it. Yeah. I'm saying it. Um, if I am going to criticize, I think this, and especially the first time around this time, not so much. I was kind of prepared for it, I think. And I was trying to glean as much information lot. from the scene, but I think it does kind of drag at this point in the movie. Um, (laughs) I agree too. But when it, when it, yeah. In terms of the hero's journey. Yeah. It's like, it can't be all of the side quests and everything. Um, But also it does spend a good portion of time with these, these two characters. Um, I think it is effective (laughs) in its its own way. And it does characterize him in his mind. I think it it, a lot comes out there. Um, But in terms of like a, a viewership, yeah, you're stepping from, ghosts and giants and 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 foxes and uh you know and and thieves and battle and and with the thieves and stuff to conversations and confronting your inner demons and yeah i think vice is is well put and this i mean the the scariest thing i guess is the is the old lady with the blindfold that's watching him uh have relations with the too. (laughs) 
Totally. Um, I would just uh, to leave this. The most my, part um, of one. <laughs> I, I, if I now having this discussion, and if I were to articulate the reason that this portion of the movie is slow to me is that Alyssa Vikander had already said kind of what she wanted to say in the previous part of the movie. So it was a lot of like slow it, like retelling of what she had already told us in a different way. So. It, it's like a minor note because in in my mind I'm reading uh I'm reading a a plus paper and then that would be like no I'm reading an a paper and why I would not give it an a plus is like you're just you're rehashing yeah. what you've already said with the same yeah. character so it just is making it seem a little bit lengthier than it needs to be right. and this movie is like two hours and like six minutes or something like that yeah you'd be it's like, like oh you had like a 1500 word limit and you did like 1650 <laughs> yeah like it's you it's either that far into it. right say less with Alyssa Vikander one and then say more with Alyssa Vikander two but you said a lot with both and that was yeah that's where and uh, I watched this movie twice and the second time I watched it I was like starting to fall asleep a little bit at the Alyssa Vikander two part mm -hmm. because yeah, it's like, and it's also very just like comfortable, calming, which is yeah. calming and all to the like movie's credit, really, you know, it's like, oh, he, you know, we're all in like a good place. We're all just having food and hanging out like where, you know, and then I just kind of like sink into the visual aspect of the yeah, movie. Fire, fireside and then, yeah, and he's all, he's all comfortable yeah. after being in the cold for a while. Um, and it feels like Christmas uh, too. and um you texted me about it uh he talks about yeah. this is uh, this is today right we're recording today like uh he wakes up when he when he first wakes up there there's this really cool shot it reminds me well because it's blue velvet but there's like he's closed off in this blue velvet in the blue uh, bed, oh i know that and it's scene. Shot yep, coming yep, down yep. and just like oh yeah it looks so cozy but also <laughs> i was thinking uh david lynch <laughs> a lot too but uh he wakes him up, wakes him up. He's like, what day is it? And he's like, it is the 21st of December, which is today, the day I watched it. And I was hey. like, pretty amazing to like watch a movie where they like the line of dialogue Same says day. what day you're like, oh, that's today. It is, it is 21st of December. Look at that. Wow. He's right. Joel Egerton is right. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I agree. It drags, but like in, in my mind, but also at the same time, I got a lot more out of it the second time. And I do appreciate what they what he was trying to do and i do think those points got through and it is effective um and i i guess elisha vikander kind of already said what she needed to say with that that long poem and being like to like kind of like having sex with him and then being like oh you're not a knight that's the part it's i like, think that's the part like, too is, is that know? was so your intention was to to deceive him and to have the old lady there watching or not watching I don't, him, but just, just i don't know there, yeah like, you know, there are things in this movie that aren't clear and to its benefit because you don't need to have everything like explained to you, but there are other things where you're just kind of like, huh, wait, what? Uh, but totally, I, I think the effective part is that is his fault in that moment. And as I've highlighted, I think in these side quests, like that is where he shows his, his kind of fault is and his, uh, how he's willing right. to willing to lie to get to his end um, of what he wants rather than what 
is needed and what is going to make him an honorable man. And he, you can see he's filled with regret and also longing um, for what he wants to be. But the path that he goes on is rocky. And I appreciate that side. Uh, but within the pacing of the movie, yeah, it is kind of like chunked out a little more smaller up leading up to this. And then this like chunks out, like it's a little bit longer, this portion yeah. so it just like feels a bit longer too. And then and Joel Eckerton the whole time was like, nah, stay a while. You leave Christmas day. You'll get there in time. We'll see you off. You can have all the meat you want. I'll go hunting this whole time. I love and Joel Eckerton. Oh my Gregarious, God. I think is a good way to, good way to put it. Yeah. I, I like, uh, if I'm, if like, I'm in a movie, uh, anybody out there, if you want to cast me in movies, cast me in the Joel Eckerton part. Those, <laughs> that must be the fucking best where yeah. you just, you, you know, the guy seems cool. He's yeah. His interview in the behind the scenes too. He's like, he's wearing a little flower in his shirt on where the button should be. And he's got all these cool oh. necklaces and uh, <laughs> I don't know. He just, yeah. he, he seems like a cool guy and he's just like, yeah, the script seemed trippy and weird. And I liked all that stuff. I love Def Patel. I've always wanted to work with him and everyone was just ta- like building each other up. It's a whole, lot. The, the trippy time. and weird. Um, in yeah. a lot of the interviews, when it, it comes to why people did what, like why they were a part of this movie and also why uh, audiences hated it. Yeah. Um, but the, he, he also mentioned he was nervous about kissing Deb and then he said it went really well. And that, that made, that made me happy, but, uh, that, that they were just good pals and see him taking pictures on the horse and stuff. And they had good chemistry and, and all that. But that scene of when he, how difficult do you think it's going to be if you're going to kiss a man, how difficult is that on screen? If, I, if I'm going to do it, it goddamn better be Dev Patel. As long as I'm gonna say. <laughs> or Joel Egerton for that. Joel Egerton. <laughs> if I'm gonna do it, it better, uh, if I'm gonna do it, <laughs> I better who, be able to tussle Dev Patel's hair. <laughs> who wouldn't you kiss on screen? Oh, don't make me cast shade on someone. Don't make me do that. Uh, okay, who would you want to kiss on screen? Come who? on, come on. Do we have? Is to it this? Leo? Is it Leo? Oh, you're, oh, you're talking Is about it? specifically men. Like who I, who I would want. Yeah. Yeah. On screen. Yeah. Uh-huh. Dude, I, maybe it's too, maybe it's recency bias, but I, I think Dev Patel would be very like, just, oh. just accepting of whatever situation we would need to go through. Cause you were talking about earlier. Like it's a, just like, okay, kiss. okay, Dev here. So we just got giants. He's like, yeah. Okay. And it's like, okay, Dev, you got to kiss this guy. Giants, I, whatever. He's like, totally. yeah, all right. What's up? What's up, dude? All right. Let's <laughs> right. <laughs> just picture oh, so, yeah. Okay. So you put the ball on my court. I went with maybe recency bias and you know, I already said before that that Patel. So how about you? Who, who would you pick? If I were to kiss a man on screen, who would it be? Um, or off. <laughs> 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 Only you, James. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. Um, <laughs> That's a good question. Um, God, it makes me think of what my type would be. Like, who do I like really appreciate it? Like the Ralph uh, I, Einia, uh, Einson of it all. What, what is his last name? Innocent um, or something? Innocent. What like about Daniel Craig? What about Daniel Craig? Oh, okay. Yeah. What about a bond? What did you know? No, no that's, that's my number one. No, that's my number one. Yep. You're right. Who, I said, would. who says I haven't? I mean, he's, he's, he's been there. He's been there. He's been there. Yeah. He's no, like no, no, you're right. You're right. Cause he also in other movies, like, um, yeah. Like in all of his other movies. Uh, yeah, no, Daniel Craig's a great one. I'm going to say that. I can help it. 
he was he'd probably be my he could be my uh, choice too but for a, now he'll be my runner-up you can have what him. a charming guy <laughs> yeah what a charming guy yeah all right well now that we got i mean that he says yeah so i mean there's that that scene of of them kissing i thought that yeah though all we've talked about of the views of masculinity and night being a knight and everything and what that means um yeah it just kind of reminded me like the ancient greeks or spartans or something where they just they admire that like masculinity so much that they just want to fuck it you know and they just they just want oh sure they just wanna, that's that because and that makes sense i mean they just they they're in love with the male body and i don't know and just and and what it means to be a knight and everything like it, it just it just makes makes a whole lot of sense and yeah seeing that it, it, played out like that yeah it didn't need to be like hit you over the head um with anything more than just an expression of that and it it being just just that and i and i thought that served the movie well i, I thought that it characterized it, both of them well absolutely yeah no because i just recently saw, i like that it didn't um, escalate as well i like that it just it just they just left it you know i recently saw the power of the dog um is this a benedict cumberbatch movie with um Plemons, what is his name? It's like um, Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons, yeah. Um, I'm, and, thinking, I'm uh, thinking of ending things. We're gonna do that movie uh, one day, and you'll one of these days. Yeah. But uh, Benedict Cumberbatch has a homosexual relationship with a young boy in that movie. Um, oh it's on God. Netflix. If anybody wants to, oh, is that that western? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's also got Kirsten Dunst in it. Um, but that movie beats you over the head with it. And uh, I think there is a gregarious uh, bisexual nature that uh, the Joel Egerton character and like people like him, because, again, I'm going to continue to make this point. This is like if you were to judge this movie on being a fable, a tale, a Arthurian legend, like it has all of the all of the stuff you want. Like it has these characters because in my mind, when it comes to Arthurian legends, when it comes to legends and Greek and Roman, like you've kind of talked about too, is like, there is a bisexual man, like in this, in this character that Joel Egerton is, is that like, he's just fucking anything that walks. Like he's, he's eating and fucking like, that's the type of guy he is. He's just fucking and eating, Mm -hmm. you know? And there's, there is that type of person, which is a, also to the point, like to bring it back and to be like really commend the movie on its laser sharp narrative at times is like that is a representation of uh of greed not greed of excess and that is where this where Dave Patel is in his journey mm-hmm. is that he has gone through a destitution to uh, like the um, the alternate universe to the reality and to the sexual and real universe and that's what he's dealing with and the way that Joel Egerton plays it is fantastic because it's like it is that I'm, I might fuck ya but I might also kill ya type of <laughs> you know <laughs> or like yeah like he almost didn't even plan the kiss he just admires him so much that he is just an expression oh, right. of admiration of uh, like I yeah I, I'm in love with you because <laughs> uh, like these stories I just love so, like, it I, with I, a passion 
Yeah. yeah, I need to I need to express it. And another thing I thought about that was a little interesting about that um, in a different way was right before he's about to leave. And this happens a couple times in this movie. Joel Edgerton asks him, well, don't I get something in return? And that's exactly mm-hmm. what Barry asks too is because he gives him directions. And he's like, are my directions worth nothing to you? And I just thought that was interesting. I was like, yes, they're like, like heavy lies of the crown and you know, no pun intended, but maybe a little bit. Uh, If you are going to be a knight, if you're going to have this sort of air about you, it comes at a price and people are going to look at you in a different way and they're going to expect things out of you. And you're kind of in a fishbowl where everyone's kind of looking at you and, and, and watching your every move and, and seeing what you do in in a way to see if you live up to um, that status and that, that title of, of knighthood. Um, and I, th- I just thought that was, that was kind of interesting about him being confronted with that side of things too, even just looking like a knight, you know? Um, but that's where he takes his leave of castle fuckville. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah. That's a great way to describe it. Yeah. Uh, like, that's also like we're gal- <laughs> 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 Yeah, we're going to watch. So our movie next week is Castle Fuckville 9. Um, you know, everyone's a little divided on, on how they feel yeah, about it. But, not uh, me, though. <laughs> only dividing I'm more partial to number four. Uh, but you know how it is. Yeah, you, you know how it is. Uh, it almost, yeah, it almost, you were t- describing about all the vice. And it, it almost reminded me of, yeah, even like Monty Python Holy Grail, where Sir Galahad is confronted with like the whole oh castle my God, full oh. of uh, virgins. And um, they're like trying to have sex with them and stuff. And. Of course, yeah. It's almost in the it, same it, part of the movie, and I feel like that part drags me and Monty Python's Holy Grail, too. I, totally, and I was thinking yeah, about the Sirens is fair, too. Uh, yeah, like, they're, and when it comes to a hero's journey in legacy tales that are old, as old as time, like, temptation manifests itself in uh sexuality and it can be in typically too like in stories it's men and women it's just like people fucking like that's the general umbrella of it it's like there is just an overwhelming sexual nature that is a vice and that's what the main character has to overcome is that there is just you know an abisa that people land on where they're like yeah everybody's just dancing and fucking men (laughs) women whatever like it doesn't matter it's just ecstasy and cocaine all the time just like your partner uh, right yeah that, yeah i mean when you hear fuck castle that's to be expected <laughs> oh i thought it was castle fuck though fuck castle oh, yeah. <laughs> it's one and the same <laughs> you're just part of you're part of a larger i'm part of a bigger fuck yeah. <laughs> the greater fuck if yeah. you will <laughs> Um, yes, <laughs> the the great fucking <laughs> occurs uh, in the movie, and uh, he, he yeah, and once a week over here, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you see the cum stained uh, belt as well. Not to be too, too crass, but you you see it um, after yeah after he gets laid to show his shame, kind of as well, and like to uh, on top of and the belt, it's like leaves the visual. yeah, and he and then you see the scary old lady just sitting there while they're doing it um yeah, and then her eyes are covered again yeah. not totally clear what's going on there no um but uh i don't know what that is supposed to represent yeah 
I mean, again, a slight on the movie, really, because like I, don't, I didn't get it. Did you get it? What did the I mean, old maybe woman like represent? The light hurts her eyes. I I don't know. I like it's <laughs> it's it's just a, it's almost just a visual effect, and maybe there's, like, there's, some, that, yeah. there's some like storied reason for it in 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 history, and he's like, yeah, there's there's things again that it's like the subtext definitely benefits the movie, but then there's also other things where I'm like. Yeah, it's just like, oh, that's interesting to to look at. And it seems like it's part of the real world, but I have no idea. And I'm not cultured or smart enough to know. So I'll just assume that it's, uh, it's a thing. Totally. It looks interesting. Yeah, it looks interesting is the point that I would make uh, along with the point that I'm going to make now is, is that I think the filmmaker, uh, Dave Lowry, Lowry is uh, positing like, her vision and her age are representative of a like shame kind of like a feeling that's happening where you aren't supposed to feel good about this because every time she is like presented on screen you're like ooh ooh oh yeah you shouldn't have said that you shouldn't have done that yeah she's like, like blind ooh. justice or some something or blind, uh -huh. blind oh, judgment great, or yeah. something like that i don't know Totally. Like something that's happening here isn't good, which I mean, to, you know, David Lowry's point, like visual point is that he puts her in the movie where you're supposed to feel like, Ooh, I'm, you know, this isn't good. This is bad. Like, Oh, I shouldn't feel good about this. Yeah. Oh my God. Like the, this old woman is watching me. This isn't a, you know, a good thing that we're doing, but it's not a strong point <laughs> it's not yeah it's, it's like just, it's, it's kind of just something super... that's that's in the in the background and and part of yeah. uh what makes maybe like the yeah things kind of interesting in a, in a part that uh some part yeah because it's kind of slows down um however you want to put it but he vacates the premises he is on his final leg he's he's going straight to the green chapel um the fox stops him right at the last leg uh, and starts to talk to him. And this is the first time the Fox has talked and it has sort of like a whispery sort of almost ah, not Willem Dafoe, but just like kind of a scratchy, like kind of whispery voice. That's good. Like talking like this. Um, you think it's going to be some cute Fox voice, but it's, it's a little bit, um, spooky or something, but he's, uh, telling him to go back. He's, he's telling him, this is your last chance. Turn around. This is kind of that line I was saying earlier, like you could, take your shame with you and live rather than be an honorable man and die. Um, and Dev Patel fights him on it and says that he's going to go through with it. And the Fox says, well, why are you wearing the belt? Yeah. And, uh, you and, don't and need said, them where you're going. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, <laughs> It's there's, if you're truly ready to die, you don't, you don't, you don't need like back up manufactured in nightmares it was like so jarring and it's like somebody relatively famous maybe just in the a like 24 realm of things i remember looking up who the fox voice is do you i'm gonna it almost, I'm gonna you know it reminded me i know it's uh well just a, another fox thing in the movie uh antichrist and i haven't even seen that movie but there's that uh that fox that's dead and and uh rotting and then it just turns to the camera defoe and just says yeah. chaos reigns um, <laughs> but it just kind of that voice reminded me of it but uh yeah he's, he's telling him to take off the belt and he says no um and he he tells him to get gtfo and uh the fox runs and he like swings at him with an axe and that was that kind of made me sad seeing the 
see him get mad at the fox but um you just let me know if you find that voice i'm gonna keep on chugging uh through the next actually through the next part of the movie real quick i'm gonna just take one more pee and i'll be right back we'll be right back i'm gonna keep on talking about uh this this part of the movie though um so we go to his final uh challenge the final part of his um hero's journey and uh i i really think this is the best uh cinematography of the whole movie and in a movie that's chock full of absolutely amazing images and brandon even mentioned earlier how you could take so many parts of this movie and take still images and just put them on your wall <laughs> because they are just there is just it's breathtaking it's a it's absolutely breathtaking um the lighting and uh, the color and, and and visual imagery that's that's at work here, um, and what he walks into. Uh, I was just uh, raving over the beautiful cinematography of this final part, and uh, he he walks into the green chapel, and it's framed in this way where all the shrubbery perfectly shows the depth of field, where you have a little bit in front, and then it stratifies all the way to the back of where the green knight is which is an archway, a lot of, a lot of beautiful archways with light coming through and then even, even further depth of field past that kind of, but everything feels musty and, and, and hard to breathe almost. And, um, and there's a, there's a fog going and everything, but the, the hazy sort of green visual imagery in this part is, uh, is amazing. And, and if I were to have a still image, it would be from this, from the part where he oh. like, first Easy. comes in and like there's the archway and Easy. he's looking at the green green knight from there um he approaches and and he waits he, the he, chapel is uh, he, broken it's disintegrated it's being eaten by uh, the earth and there is water there is dew there is you could smell it and uh, a yeah. point uh just, something just, i would break. there's no music you're just listening to all of the, mm-hmm. uh, the, and and also the too your main the, character sa- like almost sacrifices himself or lays down before this altar of the earth from all of the things that he's gone through Mm-hmm. it's so incredibly moody and striking to just see this and then there's so much time spent too of the green knight is he asleep is he awake and then his eyes just pierce with these light and you just like dave patel like seeing like is this person real is he alive is he all of these things it's just absolutely magical and wonderful yeah it's uh i think to me visually it it like satisfies all, all like getting there and everything. It's like, wow, I've, I've arrived. I feel like I, yeah, and, totally. and, it, and it has such a weight to it. And that silence, I think carries that, that weight very well. And the eyes open and another at night and the whole night passes and then the morning comes and that's when he actually starts to creak and, and move mm-hmm. and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's still like just to start, to start to, to touch on why people didn't like it. Yeah. I'm just imagining like, Oh my God, just get on with it or something too. Not me, but I just like people who like get on with it. Or, um, when he does finally wake up, like, okay, now we get finally get a battle. He's going to be like, no, I don't want to die. I'm going to battle you instead or something, which none of that, none of that it is like it's, the it's, opposite. It's a battle of, yeah, of acceptance. <laughs> it's just a battle. Holy of, shit. Of, of I didn't, acceptance and, 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 I didn't uh, expect what was about to happen. Ralph Innocent 
in, has this scene and he has the uh, the two biggest scenes of the movie have Ralph Ineson in it and he fucking delivers so hard on it. Like the, oh my t- God. the, the titular char- characters uh, together in, in this moment um, just put a fucking you ready? exclamation point on the movie for me, this whole, this whole last part of the movie. And it is pretty, I think it's like a 20, 20 minutes, including this next part we're going to talk about, uh, you know, and it, it lives in it. And, and you feel like the journey has, has been long getting here and you were excited that it's, you're finally there and it, and, and it's going to be over in, in a way, I, at least I, I was, it was just like, I was kind of brimming with, with, uh, excitement and, and of what the possibilities would be of this, of this confrontation. Um, and I just love seeing the green Knight. but he asks him, you know, are you ready? And he, he bends bends down to get his head lopped off and um he flinches once he asks and then uh then green knight is like you flinch i did not flinch when you uh swung at me uh and then dev asks for a moment he sits there okay are you ready he does another swing Fl- he flinches again and then he stands up and he says is this all there is um and it's, and he's kind of confused. The green Knight's kind of confused. It's like, what else would there be? It's like, I don't, it's just like that perfectly exemplifies this force of yeah. nature that he, he's inevitable. There is no Ryan. There's, there's just the code that he, that of the world that he lives it's by. Like waiting, yeah. And there's like, no, get to this. And that's yeah. what the Fox was saying too. He's just like, if you think I'm wild, he's much more wild than I am. Um, he's, he's, he's a wild piece of, of nature. And, uh, the third, and it's, it's a three. So it's a first time flinch and the second time. You, and then the third time I believe it is, is he stands up and then, and then he just, maybe it's the fourth time he, he books it. Um, and he's like, Nope, sorry. And then this kind of like folksy song starts. And then the, this whole portion of the movie, there is no dialogue there. There is, uh, or maybe there, there's a little like background dialogue. It's a little bit. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really, more, sure. it's really more of a montage of it is, his life. Should he, you know, choose to run away? Or if you want to believe, you know, maybe is the real ending of the movie, which I love too. And it's like, I don't know the story of the movie. I think uh, it is, I think it is that what that, what occurs in this portion <sighs> is what is, you know, because I remember, I feel like that's what I remember about the the book and people are going to be frustrated who know the story or whatever. But I think that his head falling off is a big part of what, the story is in, in, in my mind. It is. And, but it's also showed as the like dolls in, in the movie, in the middle of it. Like uh, the reality of it is, is he's going to get his like head lopped off talking about the future, like, um, you know, kind of like getting you prepped and ready for it is, is there was that whole uh, demonstration with the dolls and character caricatures of, him getting his head cut off because that was that yeah, is what yeah. was going to so happen. Much, so much foretelling, yeah, and and for also, but he, even before that is that the Green Knight presents it is, and he even says in uh, Kate Dickey's uh, part mm-hmm. is that even if it is like something that I took to heart is like he even gave you the option that you could just scratch him on the hand, right. And and that would be okay. Mm-hmm. But Dave Patel, given where he was and wanting to be just like the Knights of the Round Table. He was just confronted he, about not having a story to tell. Yeah. 
not having a story to tell, he chopped off his head, which got him a lot of respect. But then you have to come to grips with and like you have to pay the piper and meet the reaper on those things. So like, that's all he, honorable, too. Yeah. To, to come exactly. to terms with responsibilities and face up to what you've what you've done. Yeah, that's all part of it is that follow that follow through and living up to not just appearing as a knight or whatever it is, but actually truly being an honorable man. And that definition does not apply necessarily to the people around you, but to yourself and how you define yourself. And yeah, that's Joel, Joel Edgerton was asking him. It's like, I forget the question, but he, he answers in a, in a question himself. He's like, what do you want to be most or something like a knight? And he's like a knight honorable. And he's like, is that a question? Are you asking me? Cause he's just, Dev is so unsure about how he's, he's almost trying to figure out what he's supposed to say rather than what he actually means and who he, who he actually totally is. And when here he is faced with the opportunity to, to succeed on that, on, on that promise. And you, and I really enjoy seeing the two sides of it, of like, this is, this is the ending that would happen if, he continues to be dishonorable and, and not living, uh, not following through on what he, he said he would do, which is just a hallmark of, 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 yeah, I mean, an honorable, uh, honorable person. And to see how that would play out and for him to live a life of honestly, it, it as it appears, Cowardice. what is, yeah. And what is, he's just doing what is expected and of him yeah. after that. And he's not happy and he is simply doing what is expected and doing what, uh, honestly, what everyone was telling him to do leading up to it. There's like all these, the Fox and everyone's like, just go back and, and you can, yeah, you could be King. You could have your shame and, and you could live your life and everything. And he can't take off the belt. And, uh, and you see that side of it. I, I don't know. I just, that really was such a moving part of, of the movie of the movie for yeah. me. And and you see, yeah, I guess it's, there is some dialogue obviously because you see Alicia Vikander one have his baby and then, uh, it's, oh, she doesn't really say anything though. She's just she's screaming and screaming. And she, yeah. uh, she's left with, and you also see her as being old as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they take, they take the baby and he is wed to a near, you know, whatever nearby province or whatever to wed to the, wed the families. And they're the other group of uh of people look like they're out of star wars or something their costumes are so cool and i like yeah, how different of a culture they like look. They're like ruffled and they're like yeah, yeah it's, it's all yeah. white oh and my like god blue and stuff and um uh and and you see uh him go to war and then his son has grown up uh and dies in the war and he dies oh yeah, my well, god time, a lot of we time get, yeah a lot yeah. of time you see yeah, his whole life sure. play out in this montage of what what would happen and then you see him as an older man you see alicia vikander as an older woman upset about him sending his her their son off to war and dying um and then yeah the they're the enemies at the gates and uh he takes the the belt off and his head his head falls off um and it's just Oh, man, I could see even this story being like, and it's, it's, it still exists. So it was popular at the time, but it, I even if you read a story and be like, wait, what <laughs> his head falls off. That's weird. But I mean, it all tracks and everything, but I could see people being like, wait, what that, what, what, what the hell? Like that's, that's such a weird image to see someone just head falling off. But, um, 
you know the reasons why and the green the the belt and everything like that. I'm just trying to picture like someone already frustrated at the movie and being like, oh, that's what it's leading up to is his head falling off, not being chopped off, but just like I, I don't know. It, it, I'm trying to empathize with someone who who might d- dislike this movie, but I'm making up reasons as to why I probably. Um, no, I, I loved it. Don't and, do it. And yeah, yeah. I, should, I shouldn't engage, but I love this. I love this no, whole uh, scene and, and montage. And I love the duality um, that is that is a part of this movie as well, whether it's Alicia Vikander one or two and the duality of that and Joel Egerton and Dev Patel and that kind of their duality. And uh, I think it it quells the idea of the curious mind of like what would happen if he didn't go through with it. Or what would happen if he did go through with it? And you get both sure. in, a, in a very right. like respectful way to the audience. I think. You and, get both is a great way to put it. My God. And, and a lot of like, times it doesn't work. A lot of times when filmmakers try to eat their cake, have their cake and eat it too, it, it, it goes kind of off. But this one, oh my God, it just feels like a fairy tale or fable where it goes right back after all of that to the scene of him kneeling down. Okay, I'm ready. And the last line, off with his head into Ralph Edison. Oh, yeah. Off with his head is like, I fucking love this movie. Like it just. I'm chopping your head off no matter what's going on here. Yeah. And then I'm so glad. It's up to you whether you want to like accept it or not. And that's what this yeah, movie accept- does. Right. Acceptance. It's like, you know, like the world around yes. you is existing in spite of, in spite of you. In spite of you. Dis- despite of you. And it's up to you whether you want to accept that or not. That's the only, that's the only control you have I over anything. I love that so is, much. Is your acceptance of the change that is inherent in your life and the, in your world. It's constantly going to, going to be shifting and changing. Um, totally. When you start to take control and, and, and take the power for your hand and, and start to morph things to your, to your wants and needs, it, it can, it can alter your soul and, and your. It's not your, about morphing your, your to your wants and needs though. It's I was not. just kind of thinking like the King Arthur sort of bit about, you know, like mm. they morph the world to to fit their needs. And that was such a positive thing. But that's the Arthur. wrong attitude. Right, right. Though. right. Yeah. But that was very, yeah, it was like, yeah, po- positive yeah. to him and, and all his people and, and everything. But that power and control Fate that you, positive. For, for what need and to what end do you need this power and control over what people, the world? why and 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 when you do have it what are you going to do with it and and how how corruptible is it and um right just what do you want yourself to be purview to and and how are you going to use your life and experiences to contribute towards whatever your action uh your next action may be um but to go to your own death and honor uh is no small task and him saying it could be one year or a hundred just shows the humanity of him and i love that contrasted with the brutal nature of the green knight um and both all characters meet i think a a fruition of some kind barry stumbling around in the distance was something that was kind of like wait so where's that belt on barry i want to know if he's got still got that belt (laughs) or if you like (laughs) that's just part of the mystery and the magic of the movie whoa how did alicia vikander too get that belt you know who know barry had it before it's just it's just a part of it but he's just kind of stumbling around right there and i'm like wait what what happened to him like he told he said he was going to finish the thing and then the act like he found the the axe I, i don't know whatever but uh yeah that's uh there's a did you know there's an end credit scene too no, I didn't. Oh my yeah. god! A little small snippet, but the daughter of Dev Patel and his new queen, 
Um, uh-huh. sure. There's like the the crown is on the ground, uh, you know, presumably from after his head fell, fell off. Uh, and the little kid, the daughter, like crawls over, picks up the crown and puts it on. And that's that's the end. And then, yeah, that was just a little tidbit. I, I don't. Yeah. Take, take it for what, oh. what you will. But she's uh, she's going to be the new new queen or something, a new princess. <laughs> no, I, I would hope that the message of that is as pessimistic as the crown being fulfilled in for Dave Patel is that he takes on the crown from Arthur who is sick and the sickness comes from ruling. Mm. And it's like this. And then also too, so much of the latter process, the latter half of the movie is, is that we don't see Dave Patel do anything or Gowan do anything bad. It's just the fact that he is ruling people is the problem. So if I were to talk specifically about pros of the movie, like it, it like when you're talking about this politics and society, like it doesn't, there's not a scene in this movie where it's like, here's what the ruling class likes. Like, you know, we're upset about this thing. There's none of that. It is a very brief ending of just because he is king, people are not going to like them because there's a moment in this movie where Dave Patel is like old and riding in on a horse and then he gets shit thrown at him. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't say anything about why the shit's thrown at him or anything like that. And then it also, without any like description or dialogue like it it just tells you oh there's an uprising that's happening in this uh kingdom of his and really what it's insinuating is is just because he's a king and like people disagree with him and there's so much you're in a war yeah if you're you're battling that yeah it's gonna right and there's coming back uh, more people are going to be upset (laughs) children are dying (laughs) Of course, yeah. I mean, but that's not like we get a scene of Dave Patel going through a place where children are getting killed because his, his, his of, child dies. I mean, just I mean, to there's there's death and and then sure. going on and yeah, and I, I don't know. It's it's just uh, hard to be king. Heavy lies the crown, right? And and, and that's all I'm making is is that it's just simply depicting. It is to be a king of a group of people isn't a good thing. It's hard. It's difficult. Oh, right. Okay. You know? I see what you mean. The movie doesn't pay mind to or spend the time talking about the politics of, as to why he as a king is not liked or why the kingdom is not regarded highly. It's just it in so few minutes just says... Well, he's a king. People don't like him. And he just, in my you mind, get, you get the feeling like he's not, that's not his purpose. That's not what his destiny is. That's what, not what he's meant to right. do. That's not what he's meant to be. And it's what his life after that moment is wrong because he, he didn't fulfill his totally. true destiny of the hero's journey and follow through with it. And he, uh, deceived right. the, um, his true nature. And I think that is he deceived me. The, the movie it's itself is, is him it. discovering what his true nature is and why he's doing what he's doing. And the only point of acceptance that he does come to is that, yeah, is at the very end at his death. Um, 
And that's all kind of anyone can ask for. Cause that's, yeah, that's where we're all going as mortal, mortal beings. And right. the power of acceptance of death is like a superpower. Mm. Like if you, if you, if you're like conscious of the fact that you're, that is, a, is, that is, is that you're so going to, yeah. is you're going to die like at any moment, not like in your, when you're old or whatever, like, at, like literally any moment. And you embrace that as a, as a positive and you accept that you are on limited time here and everything is degrading in, in terms of whatever your, your body or <laughs> your mind and everything. Mm. And, um, yeah, it, it is. A, it's a superpower. And I think he only many people don't get there. And I, I have my own issues with it myself. Of course, it's 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 yeah, it's not an easy thing. But uh, very few, few people are able to get to that point of acceptance. And in a way, yeah, you look at it, it's like, oh, if he can, if he can get there, it's like, you are in almost a, strangely enough, like, yeah, like a lucky position to die an honorable death. Like, I, I don't know. In, in terms of being a knight and being a, being uh Yeah. When you don't know. Yeah. When you know that this life is short, not short, but when you know this life is finite, like when you do meet your demise, it's like, Oh yeah. I mean, it was going to happen eventually. It's like greeting a, like a, an acquaintance uh, or an old friend. You're just like, yeah, no, I, I knew we were going to, we were going to meet eventually. Like, yeah. I mean, like, the fact that we're meeting now, okay. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we, I mean, we watched a movie that no one else really watched that came out uh, 2020. I believe she dies tomorrow, which all had to do with acceptance of death and, Yes, uh, the idea of the knowledge of it can completely be a superpower. Change, change your state of being. Yeah, it can make you do exactly what you want, or be who you want, or yeah, or even that. Yeah, it'll show your true nature and and for good or for good or bad. And I think for That's him, it it showed his true is he is yeah he's trying to find his true nature. And the confrontation with death, you you come to terms with your life as a quantifiable sort of part of uh, the timeline of existence. I, I don't know. And it's, it's pretty, pretty uh, hard thing to wrap your head around, but all you do know is that it's coming and that it comes for everybody. And you know, you, you have that in, in that very simplistic way. Yeah. It's just is, a game. Is a power. Yeah. We just lost the game. Um, oh man, I just lost the game. Um, um let's do no, some I, I, reviews. I, I, because I, that's also how the people in the, in, in the movie view it is that it's just a game. And when hmm. maybe that's the gateway to get you to thinking like that, which you're totally right as a superpower. Do you, if you think about life as a game, then it takes the stakes off. And then understand that the stakes are the same for everybody. Hmm. And then that's how you get there. And you have, maybe. you have kind of true freedom. You're not, rest- right. you're not restricting no, yourself by, other, people, by yeah, other people's sure. expectations of what they do with their life, with their time, what the norms are, of today are in this period of time. It's, you can look at, I don't know, life a little more, not objectively, but more purely subjectively, I guess I should more say mm-hmm. of, of what you want and what you need. Um, and you can, you can come to terms with it. And 
I don't know. Something about David Lowry. He wow. seems like that kind of guy. He seems like he's a very, he seems yeah, like a very totally. peaceful, like <laughs> in tune with the world sort of, sort of dude. But um, I'm going to, like, I just want to make something real and honest. And this is what it is. And then you yeah. just, you have to deal with it. And however you take it, you take it mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah. Hearing him talk about it. Like he's not, he's not a weird dude. He just seems like a normal dude. Who's just, yeah, I don't know. Who's like really confronted by death and like really scared by it and is making art. Yeah. Making art about death. And I, yeah, I mean, if anything, I would just encourage anybody listening, like death is, uh, and it's something I deal with too, of like death is so, It's going to happen. And the way that we deal with it is going to define who we are. And just understand, just like this movie is presenting, is is that death is as rudimentary as drinking water. Like, and how you meet, like, how you view the challenge of getting water and how you just overall deal with death like that's going to define so much of your person and so much of who you are but just understand that everybody's going at uh, like dealing with the same shit and mm-hmm. yeah i don't know it's it's something that can be your superpower that's what i'll leave it at yeah absolutely and there's uh yeah that well put and i mean i could keep going going all day but uh, we should probably just get some get to some reviews here. Uh, we'll start with some uh, some critics reviews. I'll remind everyone of what the score for this this movie is. Um, Eighty nine percent certified fresh by critics uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Fifty percent audience score uh, right down the middle. Um, I'll go ahead and start with some uh, Entertainment Weekly review from Leah Greenblatt. <laughs> night is ultimately a. She just refers to it as a night. No. Night. Wow. That's pretty cool. That's what we should be calling this whole time. We should just call him Night. Um Wow, my God. She's some she's homies. She's on the circuit. Uh she's she's yeah. she's known about this movie for a while. She's just, yeah. right. Um Night is ultimately a tale of honor, though, and a deeply moral one. Inscrutable, but haunting too. Uh Justin Chang, Los Angeles Times. Uh, By the time Gowan reaches his journey's end in as moving and majestically sustained a passage of pure cinema as I've seen this year, the moral arc of his journey has snapped into undeniable focus. I I like how he put that. I mean, undeniable focus sounds great. And also, yeah, like I'm trying to think of a movie I enjoyed more this year. It's it's probably my movie of the year as well. Oh, it's easily my top five for sure. Like hands down. Oh my God. Yeah. Like this movie fucking rocks my socks off. Anyways, I'm not going to, I'll, I'll say my review. Yeah. Um, Alyssa Wilkinson Vox, uh, while you couldn't call the green Knight a faithful adaptation of the poem, it might be a more faithful adaptation of the bigger legend around Gowan's adventure than a line by line recreation ever could have been. Yeah. I mean, it's, you gotta love, uh, someone who's going to adapt something and just, add themselves to it in such a pure way that it uh it's it's inscrutable i think that word was already said in one of these reviews so i'm using it uh between the uh the two of Hell like, yeah of like repurpose yeah, yeah um just uh take it back take it back now. it's mine um <laughs> of uh yeah I, 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 for the positive fuck you <laughs> just like 
adaptation, man, adaptation is such a fascinating process to me. And this is such a cool version of it, of like such an old text and just such a modern way of telling it. Oh my God. It's, I, oh I, my I, God, I it's just, modern as fuck. I just and I love drool it. over it, you know, and, just, and yeah, there's still that like, like old timey stuff, like of the, um, yeah, this of makes the me, dialogue yeah. and everything. Uh, Richard Brody, New Yorker, and the Green Knight Lowry revises a legend in style and in substance in order to evoke a way of telling different stories and te- and of telling stories differently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hell um, yeah. Chaos and Collins, Rolling Stone, the Green Knight, an epic in miniature, a fantasy all the more poignant for its moral, moral realities makes this a lesson worth learning. An epic in miniature. That's an interesting way to put it. Um, oh, there are miniatures in this that are so tight. <laughs> Uh, we got Amy Nicholson from Film Week. Uh, <laughs> this here movie, we go. This movie has such an energy to it. David Simpson as well. Okay. Yeah, Anyways. I'm sure he's in here somewhere. Uh, this movie has such an energy to it. Your attention is commanded throughout, and I felt very convinced that Dev Patel is a movie star. Me yeah, too. Totally. I mean, he's, he rules. Yeah, Amy, rock on. Yeah, we're we're on the same side there. Um, I think. That might wrap it up here. I'll, yeah, I'll do Time Magazine. Stephanie Zachary. Can I read bad reviews after this? Yeah, dude, of course. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do it. Let's let's make that a thing. Yeah, I love that. One of us does critics, one of us does audience, and we can okay. know, switch off. I love that. Great. Um, so I'll do one last critics here. Uh, from Time Magazine, Stephanie Zacharek. A movie that's both of its time and splendidly out of step with it. An act of necromancy in a CGI world. Oh, wait. I found Sims. Oh, yeah! I knew he here was in go. here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, David Sims, The Atlantic. Uh, it's the movie Lowry was born to make. A dreamy piece of high fantasy that bombards the viewer with visual delights skimps on all but the most essential dialogue and turns an age-old tale into something to be puzzled over anew. The man's a wordsmith. What can I say? He knows what he's, he's know what he's doing with that, uh, that there typewriter. <laughs> yes. All right. You're, uh, you're going to uh, grace us uh, with I'm some a, uh, audio yeah. interviews. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to just be real quick. I'll be right back. Gentlemen. Right. We'll take one, one more break. We'll be right back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a break as well. Uh, we shall return. I'll leave you guys with some, some tunes.
1234. Such fucking bullshit. So now you're better than everybody. Okay. This is um, the first movie that I ever went into. So, yeah, I'm down to have this become a segment. Uh, this was right. the first movie, movie though, and I'll intro the segment. Okay. But just for you, is this was the first movie where I went into the audience and I was like, who are these people? <laughs> I straight up right-clicked new tab on people's profiles and like wanted to know <laughs> no, what else the they whole were story. I wanted to know what else they were like reviewing and what they think is like a sorry like what they typically watch and I'm like because I'm reading reviews and okay I'm going to intro the segment and then I'll talk about where I how I got here yeah So this is part of the show where I uh, talk about contrarian point of views or audience. Ugh, fuck. It's audience point of views, I think, is probably what it's going to be. And this is audience reviews. Um, audience so, reviews with Brandon. 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 Uh, audience reviews with the great Brandon. <laughs> Horatio <laughs> Sanz. <laughs> Maya Rudolph, <laughs> Sherry O'Terry. Oh, I love the Sherry O'Terry poll. I love that. Um. So first, audience reviews. These are audience reviews from uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, contributing to the audience score that this movie is given. Uh, so Randy P writes. What the hell did I just watch? The plot was so slow, boring, and confusing. There is a serious lack of conversation or even narration. So I was like guessing <laughs> what was going on much of the movie. The soundtrack was awful no. <laughs> with lots of discordant choir singing in minor key instruments it hurt my brain after a while in the end absolute waste of a couple of hours randy p (laughs) sorry about that randy i thought i was gonna say one one part that i thought i was kind of cool with the music was like the water was tapping at the beginning one of the first scenes and the music was almost like kind of going with the tapping of the water a little bit it was i don't know to to the music's credit but you do you randy no and i made a note of that so fuck you randy p um <laughs> i made a note a note of that as well as that 
when the whole sequence of um, Gowan's mother summoning the Green Knight, he getting there, Arthur talking about it, is it was actually incredibly contemporary because it was like these weird, like robotic sounds. And I, what did I write down? It was like, yeah, there are some blowing, there's some synths, yeah, blowing me away where it was not period appropriate what yeah. was happening sound wise it was like and it was also this repetitive edginess yeah. where it was just like <laughs> just like really getting at you and in this droney like process nature yeah and a lot that of was like, like clicking of like right like, and just kind of oh, like a rhythmic it, sort of like tribal oh. tribal sort of feel to it and I think, that, right. and I think honestly, uh, part this of the reason music is so contemporary and so dreadful as Garwin stands before the round table after killing the green Knight. Yeah. Cause like it, it is, it stops. Yeah. Cause the green Knight knocks, mm-hmm. then it opens up with the green Knight, and then it just starts to slowly build. Mm-hmm. And then at the point of him, like, will anybody accept this challenge? And then it's just like, bah, 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 and it's coming at you with not a natural, like period appropriate sound. And it's just so just hitting you mm-hmm. and just striking you. Um, oh, so great. Yeah, and I, yeah. I I mentioned since too. I, I there's like a real sci-fi sort of like uh, spacey sort of quality quality to it as well. But I think it does purposely put you on edge. So I yeah, I mean, I guess if you're already not feeling the movie, you're just kind of like, what's going on? And now I'm feeling like, uh, like in minute fifteen. Um, yeah, no, but totally though. Like you're not. It hasn't already presented with you of a epic battle that you are like, oh, I'm into this Aetherian uh, legend because we are already fighting. We're already having to deal with a war and you're not accepting of that. And then it just it, it already is boring. Mm-hmm. And that's such a fucking bummer. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I saw one that someone was just like, it's not what the trailer promised. And I, I don't know. Sure. That, that... Oh, I, what I would say to that is I commend. So I was uh, just looked at the Google search like reviews. I don't know specifically what those reviews are called, mm-hmm. but the second review was like, Hey, like uh, really calling out as a more of a notice in a uh, preface is like anybody looking for an action movie. This is not it. Right, right. And I respect the fucking hell out of that person because so much of the reviews I'll read like two more of those people were like expecting a sword and sandals like you know, a yeah, gladiator movie. Yeah, or gladiator, yeah. Mm-hmm. A gladiator movie where it's gonna be people's heads getting chopped off because mm-hmm. we're in the, you know, we're in the dark ages. We're fucking like proto-human beings. We're killing people, so on and so forth. That is not what this movie is about at no. all. No. So anybody then weirdly stumbled to the hour i can see why people get upset yeah it's like because honestly like i was saying it satirizes things like that 
It's honestly right. a subversion and a satirization of those types of stories in my mind. And it's, and it's challenging the concepts that, that those bring up. Um, and I was going to say just maybe this is the best part because I forgot to mention it earlier that some of these reviews, I noticed that people were complaining about not being able to see anything because it was too dark. Um, yeah. 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 I was just going to say the first time I watched this movie, like my TV messed up and it was like d- way darker than it should have been. And the brightness got turned down like a lot. And so the first hour I was like trying to convince myself that this was by design and I like could, could barely see anything. And I finally figured it out an hour in and like went to a different screen and, and learned that like, Oh, this is how I should have been watching this movie. It was the most frustrating experience to to do that because like oh I watched the first hour and kind of got it but didn't really see it. I don't mean to belabor this point, James, but how does that happen? Because I have a TV and have had TVs. I don't know. And how do we? Because I I mean just a little peep on the curtain for all of you polar bears out there who are (laughs) listening again into hour three of this discussion. I know. know. Um, I've never had that problem I know. where my TV just comes on. Now, sound, I could like talk your ear off where it, oh, it is like it is like oh, at this level for background yeah. shit. Yeah. And then I can't hear a fucking word oh, people sure. are saying because like the mix of it is, is that even the lowest level of what's happening it's in the background. Sound, music, baby. Yeah, they do those low lows and high highs. Blah, blah, and then it gets really, really quiet. And then it's like, you yeah, it's it. It doesn't keep on the middle. I feel like how, I'm how, just, this, how this happens? I'm like riding a wave on my controller when I'm watching yeah, movies. Know, right? Times yeah. where I'm like, "Whoa, this is way too loud." I got roommates. Like, holy shit, yeah. let's turn this down because Good booms thing. are going off, guns are firing, whatever, and then the people are just like, oh, "Yeah, I'm fucking just <laughs> talking like this." I'm like, "What?" Are no, but I mean, for the for the screen, I honestly can't explain it. If I did, I, you know, I wouldn't have the problem. But I, I really wish I could. It's it's only had it. It's only happened twice. It's with the Samsung TV, and it's when I use the uh the the like on the stuff that's available on the TV through the remote, like all the, like the like playing Netflix or whatever through the TV and not having like an an Apple TV uh right. to use or something. And it only have it's only happened when I've done it that way. So. I really, I don't know. It happened one other time when I was trying to watch Pet Cemetery, and the whole experience that was when people came over for a movie night, and it was the worst time for it to happen. Like people came over for a movie night for, and and I threw it on, and I'm like, this is this is wrong. This shouldn't be looking like this, and I could not figure it out, and it was so frustrating. And then the next day, it just works again, and then it was it's been fine. And then for Green Night, it just decided not to work again, and I was like losing my mind. And uh, yeah, checked the other TV, and I was like, wow, I. I feel I feel dumb, but I was wanting to like the movie so much that I was willing to forgive uh, some of that. And I can see people here had the right setting on their TV. And I mean, it's still very dark. I still didn't like like it. So continue. I just thought that was uh, that was an experience of my first time watching this that I thought was like uh, (laughs) I was so happy that we decided to watch it a second time because I've been wanting to watch it again for that reason. Totally. Uh, so from Rake P, he's a verified uh, Rotten Tomato. Big deal. Um, big deal. Uh, yeah, Rick P, big dick swinging Rick P. <laughs> um, this is what he has to say about The Green Knight. This was the most pathetic attempt at a movie making I've at, I have ever seen. I see forty movies a year, and I have never seen a weaker storyline. If it is even had one. <laughs> 
who wrote this? A 10th grader? Question mark. Did they write it for any particular reason? Question mark. I it made no sense. It had no plot. You never knew if he was in a, in reality or a dream. The ending was baffling and he praised, but still got his head lopped off. He was still praised, but he still got his head lopped off. Wow. So yeah, he was like, Oh, but I have accepted my death. And so what that guy wanted or whoever, yeah, what was, what was his name? Whatever. But, uh, he, yeah. Rick, Rick, what Rick wanted was for him to be like, I accept my death and for Green Knight to be like, good, that's what I wanted. That was the test. Now you may go, which would have been the stupidest uh, fucking thing to happen, oh especially God, if dumb. it happened after the uh, whole beautiful montage that we did see of if he were to do that, if he and it just, just defeats the fucking purpose of the whole uh, the dichotomy <laughs> and, and the back and forth between honor and his decision. It's a decision to make. And it's one or the other. And you got to see both decisions of like either right. go through with it or run away like a coward. There's no like accept it and not get killed. It's like you said earlier, there's, he was always going to chop his head off. He's a force of nature. He's inevitable. It's just, that's what's going to happen. I don't know. Whatever. I just no, like, no, no, I'm trying to right. picture what that, like he's trying to correct the movie. I'm trying to picture how that would go, but you know, whatever. sure. He so also has, out. he, he falls into the same category of human being like LeBron James, um, who made the critique of squid games where, Oh, he should have went with his family. Spoiler to anybody who watched squid games. I, it's been out for a while. Come on. Um, <laughs> LeBron James was upset because he's like, oh, I would have chosen my family given I won the games and had the opportunity. But the main character goes back to right. uh, like fix the game, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because that uh, LeBron James, you didn't watch or maybe pay attention to the beginning part of this movie where. What is like. You now you're want speaking to Rick P. But you were speaking yeah. to LeBron on Squid Games. Now you're speaking to Rick P. about this one. Now I'm speaking to Rick P. Is that it just doesn't seem like you watch the movie where the person had all of these issues prior to resolving the conflict of the movie. So then their motivation for making their decision was based on something you're not totally picking up on. And that's like not being it's not if I make this decision well happily ever after. Mm -hmm. It's like I don't have anything. If I were to look at this in a particular way, which uh, to a degree it's presented as I don't have a lot to go back to. So me making these decisions isn't about just getting back to normal. It's, the principle it's about thing, you know? <laughs> it's, it's about the it's about doing the thing. Yeah. Like I'm not trying to just retreat back to my family. I'm trying to make a strong decision about the things that have like the, about my reality, which is not a perfect reality. And so, you know, Rick P LeBron James. I, I think that's a good protagonist. Someone that's, I don't know. That's going to, that take up that, mantle and 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 go that extra mile i i, I don't know and, and, and it just goes to the fruition of what the entire narrative is is pushing towards I, yeah and i i don't want to uh 
further in, indulge nece- necessarily with, with this, but I'm just trying to picture. Yeah. It's like, I guess there is a movie where, yeah, it wouldn't be one of those two decisions. It would just be like, he would go and that would just be the, how it would play out. It's like, I've come. Oh, you actually came. That's enough for you to come, come for you, for you to, <laughs> for you to, for you to come uh here yeah okay 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 calm down all right let's fucking get joel egerton just walked in (laughs) for you (laughs) like what rick p wants is like for you to just arrive that's enough and that's the most cheeseball stupid shit i would i don't know that's that's fucking stupid whatever quote of this podcast that is fucking stupid We have both had our moments of calling people fucking stupid in this, in this oh, episode, totally and this will be my this will be my turn of like, I, 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 if I, that's what you wanted, then you're you. you're not you're, you're not reading the bigger picture here. You're like yeah. you're not paying attention. Yeah. It's kind of how I even presented it to you. Is like you're not like and to LeBron James, you son <laughs> of a bitch. Like you're not even paying attention. Like there were things that the movie gave you prior to the twist or the ending of it and you just neglected to pay attention to it and you just imposed upon your like yourself onto the ending and more so the broader film of like well this is how what i would have done you're just not even paying attention to the previous stuff you're just going here is a simple decision that is being made i would have made it differently Mm -hmm. and that's like dude you're not fucking paying attention like go fuck yourself do do you want a season two or not come on shut the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) up. you business shop One last one, Uh, Matthew. This is Matthew, spelled M-A-T-H-I-E-U. Get out of here. L. Phew. Phew. He has to say about this is, I can't believe how the plot of the movie goes all over the place and the dozens of random scenes that have nothing to do with the movie just thrown in for kicks. Example, huge naked people walking, appearing out of nowhere to just disappear again with absolutely no contribution to the movie. Mm -hmm. Such a disappointing movie. My son and I... Oh, weird, weird twist. Um, no, he's just, he was like, let's watch a movie about King Arthur and, King Arthur, and right. uh, his knights. And then you got a movie with like, he's trying to watch a, a movie about that. And then he's got his little kid son. He's like, oh, there's giant naked people in this. <laughs> yeah, but it's not that graphic. No, uh, he's just, my, I, but that's yeah. like, I don't know. Maybe this guy's a prude. I don't know. Fucking hell. <laughs> uh, no, probably. Yeah. The way that he is calling out that it specifically, my son and I were in the theater alone the whole time. Oh no, yeah. Right. No one wanted to see this movie. Yep. That's what we started this about. Yeah. No one's going to care about this episode except us. Um, I also assumed uh, well, that was going to be the case with the giants. Yeah. It was like the person was going to be criticizing like it didn't contribute anything to the story or something, which I, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, and that's the end of it, is the whole time just laughing to the randomness of it all, uh, and it's no comedy, LOL, what the fuck. So, you, the, so the, like, at a certain point, you just, they checked out. And that's what I was saying, too, earlier, right, was, like, yeah, the Giants, is, sure. and maybe it was before the Giants, maybe it was at the Giants, but there's a, that could be the polarizing point where people check in or they check out. Mm-hmm. 
And um, yeah, I was like, I'm this world is amazing me right now. And uh, it's beautiful shots of Ireland visual uh, poetry. Um, And uh, yeah. Shall we, uh, shall we wrap it up with some, uh, may you go first? May I? Ah, yes. Well, uh, this being past three hours, I should probably keep it short. It's hard. It's like, it's, it's clear that like we have strong, you can edit this (laughs) dude. That, no. <laughs> edit what? So what okay, you tell me what 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 should I edit out? What should I edit out that we talked about? Okay, nothing cuz we're awesome. So, <laughs> so I know I, So what's your point? The, the, Do you want to edit this is, one? Brandon's going to no, edit this no, one. No, 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 the point that <laughs> no, I'm no, making no, no, then no. Is, no no, the point that I'm making then is is that don't keep your review brief. Keep it as long as this fucking episode. <laughs> I probably will because knowing me, it's like I, I once you get me started, it's just like running and running and running and running and you just you can't stop me, you can't stop. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't even know where to start as far as editing editing stuff out. Um, keeping it keeping it in, baby. You're, that's what you guys are here for the long form. I, it, okay, I I picked I picked the part we would edit out, and I don't want to, but I would pick the part. It would be the part about alien, obviously. It'd be the whole fucking half hour we talk about fucking aliens. <laughs> That's yeah, my favorite and, part. And Terminator and and James Cameron and like, okay, that would be the part. But am I gonna do it? No, I'm not gonna do it because you know why? Because I'm mentioning, I'm also mentioning it now. So if I were to mention it now and then it's not in there, people would be confused. So it needs to be there because I'm already talking about it. I'm not going to edit what I'm saying as well. So here we are. We're just in a, you know, a vicious, vicious cycle. Um, But (laughs) the one thing I will edit is the numerous bathroom breaks. That's the only thing that I will, that I will, uh, that I will cut out for, for the people. But (laughs) beyond that, you are sitting with us, you're sitting with us long form for, for all of the, whether it's alien, whether it's Terminator, you're sitting with us uh, for all of it. So now I will begin my review. <laughs> I said it was going to be short and uh, I'm already, I'm already way off. Um, I fucking love this movie. This, uh, this was a thoroughly enjoyable ex- experience front to back. Um, before it had come out, I was like super looking forward to it. Didn't know a lot about David Lowry, but Love Dev Patel, love fantasy, uh, medieval sort of stuff. Saw the trailer, was just like blown away with all the all the imagery just from that. Saw it was A24. Like the list goes on about why all these things would have worked for me. And it met it met my expectations and blew them out of the water as well, because there's just things that occurred that I just wouldn't expect to happen. Um, whether it's, you know, the side quests that kind of take them to different areas of, of the world and, and show you uh, the world building in a subtle sort of show don't tell sort of way. The whole movie really is like a, a course in show don't tell, to be honest. Um, and to the thematic sort of all the themes of, of honor, um, masculinity, knighthood, uh, the hero's journey, uh satirizing all like that and and subverting kind of those those notions the ability to adapt this old of a text and create it in a modern way and a modern telling for people to understand and um get on board with while also having your own sort of uh flavor to it whether it's what you are actually doing or whether it's what you are inspiring within the crew of people that you are helming to make this movie, because 
watching that costume designer and her part, she was like, I worked with him on ghost story and I was just waiting for the call for this movie. And I shoved everything aside and I couldn't wait to do this. And she was crying when she had to leave. And that just, oh. that just it makes me so happy knowing that was the process for this. And also that, yeah, she was trying to do it in, um, an eco-friendly sort of way was, was, was pretty cool to hear how they were challenging themselves, putting limitations on themselves. And I, you know, I've expressed in the, this in the past too, the, the um, quality of minimalism and knowing how to limit yourself and um, work within your means. And David Lowry saying like, I know my, all my stuff is going to wither away. I don't know. It's just like, it, it, it puts this sort of like that same sort of thing. He, he has a superpower of like knowing he's going to die, knowing none of, the, none of this is going to matter. And he's just embracing it and he's going to make exactly what he wants to make. And he's going to tell his, his deal of morality and uh, how to live an honorable life within your short, short amount of time here. Uh, when you can't say, you can't tell what's going to happen. And um, I can go on and on about this movie. We have been going so, so long. So clearly like we feel strongly, I feel, I feel strongly about this movie performances yes costumes amazing sets they did matte paintings uh as along with uh cgi that was that was melded perfectly the locations of of ireland and um yeah the the minimalistic shots the the the, the pacing um i could go on and on the, the green knight himself the, the makeup that that he had ralph Ennison's voice him in general uh yeah. And, uh, I, I want like the still image of him approaching the green chapel, like on my wall somewhere. Um, it was like opening up, a a, a storybook that was in motion and the same way that, yeah, like the witch or the lighthouse or something. It's just like, I felt like I, I, I learned something or like that. I like gleaned a lot just from partaking in this movie or that like, uh, it I'm better because I watched it. In a, in a way it's it, like, I feel like a better person, like a, like, I don't know, smarter, but just like more cultured or something like, Oh, this is art. It's being made in a modern time in a very innovative way from a guy that I'm only just now hearing of. And I'm so excited to be living within our time of, you know, this stuff is being made. I shame the people who give this movie bad reviews. <laughs> because it's so good you know it's like i i just it bums me out like we wouldn't be talking about on this uh podcast had they not so i'll give them some credit for that you you brought brought me here to watch it a second time um no shame whatever you you like what you like but i just there's there's some points that you only got one life to live yeah and you gotta you gotta go where uh life pleases you and 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 anything like that and but this for me uh I, I like living in this world. I could put it on the background and just like have it be wallpaper and I would, and I would love it. And just, and just oh, visually looking at it without any, any sound or anything, I, I would, I would get a lot out of it. And, uh, um, man, shit for that. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to do something a little, do it, do it, fucking do it. Cause I was like, okay. So the highest score I gave before this was the witch, which, 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 which was, uh, me too. A 98%. What I'm going to do is like, uh, 99 or under it was a 98, I think. And what okay. I'm going to do, I'm, I'm, I'm going all out here. I'm breaking the rules, baby. I'm breaking them. I was like, is this better or worse than the witch? I couldn't decide. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to raise both of them up to 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So yes. I'm pre, I'm pre, I'm like post uh, raising witch up 200. And then I'm just going to put this one right there with it. And I, I want to be a little less precious with um, my love for movies and the ones that I like a lot. And yeah. Okay. I, I maybe didn't mention any criticism, but it's just like, yeah, like the first time I watched it, I think that part kind of dragged for me a bit with uh, him going to the castle with Shabikander, Joel Egerton, but I got a lot out of it this time. And that for them, for it to be like a rewatchable thing that I get new things about out of the next time I purchase it. I'm going to be watching it again, probably next Christmas. Who knows? Uh, 100%. I, I fucking love this movie. Oh, fucking yes. Um, at this point, well, I mean, we all, everybody knows the score. Like I fucking love the shit out of this movie. Um, and I would just simply put it is, is that this movie has an agenda. It simply speaks to the agenda in most of its visual representations and what the characters have to say to each other. Doesn't happen often, but this movie fucking nails it. Like, I just... I personally have been involved in and seen really great thesis papers from people. And when something is so incredibly concise like this is, it's such a masterclass in an argument and in a thing you're trying to convey where so much of the visuals appeals to like multiple generations of Arthurian like lovers, if you will, like it, it, it understands its objective with like a holistic view that is just a fucking awesome to view. And like I said, if I were to even par back, which I have a hard time doing because the movie fucking rocks my socks off, like at a base level, the movie does what it came out like sought after or what it tried to do. And then whether I like certain parts of it is really up to me, but like, I'm not going to argue with the fact that the movie didn't like did a terrible job of doing the thing it wanted to do. Like I'm never going to even not even terrible or any like extremity of that. It, saw it came it saw it <laughs> conquered uh so will he come uh, will he come um my critiques which i've maybe have been a little light on but uh overall why it's not a perfect movie alien even though it might get cut out is a perfect movie that's 100 percent. that's how i compared uh, the witch i was like the witch isn't perfect because i like the alien more which is such a weird thing for me to uh whatever yeah so but i'm gonna I bring agree. that back so I agree that uh, 100%. the alien is a 100 percent movie this movie because of and we brought it up like there's like something that's like fundamental to this movie in my mind is why the mother wants her son to go into the journey that he gets involved in. Like it it doesn't do any of that. And I, I, it could have definitely done. It would have benefited from it at least as if I was like sitting in a, you know, watching uh, and then like, Oh, how do you feel about the movie? And they're asking my opinion about it. I would be like, I don't understand the mother's motivation to what she did. And that seems fundamental. 
to the movie. So do you think her plan was for uh, Gawain to challenge the Green Knight or was that by? Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, totally. I wasn't sure if that was like, oh, I didn't mean for Gawain to battle him. I thought, okay. Yeah, because but that's me also being forgiving to the movie, which I will like. Okay, if you want to any movie filmmakers out there that want to just like, you know, appeal to me (laughs) is that. I don't mind doing that legwork of why she did what she did. But. As a movie watcher, I would have liked you to be a little bit more. Detailed about that relationship, because I don't know, there's a lot to work out. Like It's like even even beyond just like plot points it's like i would have liked to understand more about why she did that yeah that's fair because that's really and then also it to the thesis of the movies it speaks volumes as well like that would be the relationship that would also allow you to communicate your thesis like if you were against religion and you think paganism had it right which i'm not on like i don't totally oppose um <laughs> you that that was your you you gave me that relationship but you did nothing with it i guess is what i would leave that at you know there's there's more to it um if you wanted to but you didn't need to and i'm okay with you not needing it to so i like your movie i'm gonna just give it a 98 percent. hell yeah dude hell yeah that's this is a movie that uh is a new is it new favorite of ours and and i think my movie of the year my my favorite movie of the year um and i'm just such a cool movie to watch so looking forward to this uh director's career and uh i hope he continues to work with a24 as well i I don't know it's they they seem to be serving serving him well even if not like i mean oh yeah you know he'll be great he'll be fine oh i think the next actually i noticed the next thing he's making is uh what is that? A Peter yeah. Pan thing? Peter, Peter Pan, Pan, and Pan Wendy, which so I'm not totally. Maybe he has like con- more. Yeah. Those connections with Disney and, and everything they they're bringing him back. So yeah. it seems very uh, different than this, but who knows? Maybe, maybe Peter Pan will see some naked giants run around Neverland or, or something like that. <laughs> uh, what I would just hope is after seeing the behind the scenes is that you're doing a Peter Pan movie. But then at the same time, you're doing uh, another movie, you know, like he is the type of person that understands that in order for me to make a Green Knight, I have to do a Pete's Dragon. I have to do, sure, sure. you know, like that. He, yeah, he, he, yeah. he gets that. Mm-hmm. And I love him for getting that. Mm-hmm. Am I like totally thrilled about a Peter Pan movie? Not at all. I'm right. Sorry. And am I'm I going to go back and I'm watch? I'm not thrilled Pete's at Dra- that. I don't, I couldn't give a shit less. I'm not going to watch like, Pete's Dragon. Like, I'm not going to go back and, and watch that. Most likely, I'll probably, totally. I'll probably right. check out Ghost Story and Old Man and the Gun. At, at I'm some definitely going to check out Ghost Story. Old Man and the Gun, it seemed like out of that thing that we watched, is he actually fucking hated them. <laughs> he didn't want to make that movie in the slightest. Oh, I wasn't sure if it was that or if he just didn't want to promote it and he was not looking forward to that side of things. Uh, but yeah, it's possible maybe he had a bad experience as well. He, he Yeah. It's, and he was just being possible. like super like um non-confrontational or very pc about working with one of the greatest actors of all time uh and i could understand 
that the greatest actor of all time at 75 is probably a son of a bitch to work with. I don't know. That's I gotta. That was uh, supposed to be, oh, that was going to be his last movie. And then I think he showed up in like Avengers or something. So that's now officially Robert Redford's like last movie is a Marvel <laughs> movie instead of Old Man and the Gun, uh, right. which is just, it feels kind of weird. Uh, but yeah, that's, that was our episode, uh, of, of the green Knight. Um, this is, this is probably our longest yet. And, uh, yeah, it just, it just blows by because I'm, we're having so much fun here. Um, the same as watching the movie. I don't know. Just, just kind of blows by for I the loved most it. part too. Um, yeah, it's like when you get us excited, it's like, this is just what it's all about is this podcast is just like, yeah, shooting, shooting, the just shit, like shooting the shit about like, I'm thinking about this, getting together and talking to you about this, like all throughout yeah. the day, all throughout the week. Uh, like, oh, Hell yeah, dude. this movie fucking rocks my, uh, yeah. And I to get it. an extra bonus episode for me of like some alien talk and you give an alien the little like sneaky 100% just like fills my heart with joy. And so that, yeah, like this like green Knight was a movie. I was like, Oh, you should check it out sometime. And not only did you check it out, we had a fucking long form discussion about it. So it's like my dreams have come true. And, um, yeah, we'll find some other way to talk about alien or like all the other a 24, oh, yeah. all the other a 24 movies that are, that are out there. Um, but that being I said, that. let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's really wrap it up here and talk about, uh, our next movie. Would you mind uh, revealing that for us, please? This is the part where Brandon reveals the next movie. Hell yeah. So this is the part of the podcast where I reveal the next movie. Um, the next movie is going to be rent. Rent. Rent is the next movie. Um, yep. The musical. Uh, I will give you the uh, the score right here. Um, Rent has a 46% critics review and 83% audience review. Um, polarizing. I will read the synopsis. In this musical set at the dawn of the 1990s, a group of New Yorkers struggle with their careers, love lives, and the effects of the AIDS epidemic on their community. Mark, an aspiring filmmaker, and Roger, an HIV-positive musician, scramble for money to pay rent to their landlord and former rent to their landlord and former roommate Benny. Meanwhile, their friend, Tom, a professor, has fallen for Angel, who is slowly dying of AIDS. It's a heavy one. It's a heavy one. Um, and uh, and it's I mean, it's a classic musical and uh, it's uh, made for the screen. Um, yeah. And uh, what when was it made? 2005. Yes. Uh, so we'll, uh, that'll uh, that'll be our next movie. If you would uh, like to reach us at uh, for any reason at all um polarize the pod at gmail.com please send us a line review request um uh suggestion any anything you uh you're thinking about uh you just want to talk uh also yeah shoot us a rating review on itunes that helps us a lot too um if you'd like to reach us on twitter polarize pod on twitter uh we stream on twitch uh these episodes um typically thursday nights but sometimes it can be uh jump all over the place but you're more than welcome to join us jump in the chat and uh shoot some ideas off of, off of us while we're uh while we're going through it um thank you so much for joining us uh brandon is there anything you would like to uh share with the people before we uh depart no absolutely just follow us on tw yeah, like yeah twitch uh twitter um yeah and then if you want to send us any comments uh hit us up at that gmail 
Um, but the main point I would make is I had a really fun time. Hell yeah, the arms. This movie rocks. I'm so I'm so glad uh, we did this. I'm so glad this was your idea. This was a movie that I love, and this is this is you came to me with like, hey, we should do Green Knight, and I was like, yeah, again, being coy, like, well, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. Uh, but I was I'm so excited. Right. I've been really excited this whole week to just watch it again, let alone talk about it. Um, and yeah, one of our best episodes yet, and uh, we'll keep keep it chugging, man. Hell yeah, keep it chugging. Uh, to all you polar bears out there, adieu. 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 Goodbye. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>